uh, quite the uh, quite the bloodstock souvenir. It is a bit, isn't it? Uh, greetings, disease. <laughs> uh, it's going to be one of them heathens and heretics, and welcome to our post um, or during recovery um, for some full review of uh, of an absolutely belting weekend at Bloodstock. Um, we will do our best to sort of cover all the bands or as many bands as we possibly can, but. Not just that we want to, you know, go back over all the the, the stuff in between, all the the food, the drink, the the sights, the sounds, the fucking the toilets, and the the godforsaken rain. So you know, but don't take anything away from it. It was uh, it was an awesome weekend. Um, we're just about a full house again this week. We're we're missing a wolf. Not entirely sure where he is, but um, Padre's back before he disappears off to become a Middle Eastern queen. Bean and Lee are here from the grudge, at least. And so Kieran must have just kind of given up this week and flaked out. I, I, I don't know where he is. I think it's possible we left him at the campsite. <laughs> I mean, oh, no, fuck. It's not. Let, let's not get ahead of ourselves regarding where or what I'm going to be doing in about three or four weeks' time. But for my for my fans out there, there is a there is a possibility that Padre will be moving to Saudi Arabia in about four weeks. So we're taking we're taking the podcast to a different continent. Fuck it now. They won't know what's hit them. Um, um, I, I'm going to be looking for those, uh, those female, all female, um, metal bands in Saudi that I read up on. So, trying, you know, get quick, flee, flee the country, flee now, <laughs> flee into so Jordan like or something. A possibility, a possibility, you could be moving. I mean, surely that's something you know or you. Ninety percent. I like it's it's like listen because it's it's one of those things where you know like job offers come along every now and again and they just like it's a bit <laughs> too good to be true because it's insane money. It's that oil gravy. Like you I mean in about four or five <laughs> years time, I'll be like Lars Ulrich. I'll be selling my paintings at Sotheby's or drinking champagne. <laughs> Good luck, you man. <laughs> um, anyway, back on topic. How uh, how is everybody recovering? Anyway, how's everyone's feet? Are they still hating you? Yeah, they've been they've been shouting at me all week, but um, no, they're feeling. I can walk on them now, which is <laughs> it's always a bonus. Useful. <laughs> that's, that's what they're for. You can um, see that's what yeah, they're designed they, for. Yeah, yeah. They hated me the morning after. Uh, in fact, I'm just walking back to the car after uh, after packing up was was a trend. Yeah, that, that felt like a long walk, i got to admit. And Monday morning when it was chucking down the rain, that, that really did feel like a long walk. Oh, God, yeah. So as, I did that as in someone, As someone who wasn't, wasn't there, because I had to work, or mark stuff. So while you were like, you know, in a field listening to metal, I was marking some of the worst assignments I think I've ever seen in 18 years of teaching. Um, I blame the teacher. Oh, I, I, I do too, but there's not much you can do. It's like it's like King Canute standing in front of a, you know, um, the tide in front. Of, well, no, it's not like King Canute. It's like you know, it's like a producer sat in the booth going, "No, no, no, don't write that. It sounds shit." But the band won't listen to you. You know, no, no, we've got, you know, we've got to do that this way. So you, so anyway, you're the Bob Rock of teaching, then? Is that is that yeah, what you're yeah, trying pretty to say? So I'll, I'll take the credit. You know, no, but like, okay, so you're talking about like the, the the, the walk and everything and. What was the actual so start with the site then? What was it like? Because I mean, I've I've I the only bloodstock I've been to was when me and Tregenza and Ant went in what was it 2005? 2004, that was when it was still an indoor yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. We saw children at the bottom and stuff. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, we we got you know, we'll we'll start with getting there Thursday. I mean, we got there nice and early. 
this whole thing about the camps are opening at midday is absolute bollocks. Um, we rocked up about <laughs> quarter to eleven, and the campsite was half full already. So campsite was full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was going pretty well. So look, getting in wasn't really an issue, was it? I mean, you know, by the time we got, got to the gate, they were kind of searching bags and that. There was there was a drug amnesty going on and everything, which is all good. But there was there was, there, a dog. There was no issues getting in, was there? There was a searching dog. There was a searching dog, yes. yeah, which was very keen on a tent that was left lying against the <laughs> fence, wasn't it? But I think, wasn't it, they were, I think they were okay with, like, you know, if you had a bit of weed on you, but if you were trying to take in, like, uncut smack, then they were probably going to be like, yeah, it's not the best idea. <laughs> oh, there there, there yeah. was one guy who looked very out of place and was probably, uh, it was pulled aside, wasn't he? Well, maybe he got a, uh, you know, a very thorough search. But, um, but no, in general, getting in was fine. It was fucking hot when we got there as well, wasn't it? Which was... yeah. Like it was sort of starting to reminisce from last year, thinking, "Oh God, not again!" But, um, but yeah, one thing once we got wristbands and everything sort of gotten on the, got onto the campsite, it's that that blissful moment where you're tense up and you sit down and you've got a beer in your hand, the sun is shining, you can take your shoes off, you think, "Oh, thank fuck for that!" I'm I'm kind of done for the next four days. It was, you know, just a wonderful moment. Yeah, I mean, you know you're a glove stock when your mobile signal just drops to zero. <laughs> yeah, that's you've arrived. You've arrived and you're completely cut off. I was all right on the campsite. It was just everywhere else. Massive that's signal. The, I was the opposite. Yeah. Terrible on the campsite, but... Maybe. Uh... Yeah, fine. Maybe, maybe it was. Maybe that was a deliberate ploy to stop people from, I don't know, filming too much or... Nah, bollocks. It's just he's just in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. That's the problem. So you know, but <laughs> look, you 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 right to a certain extent though. You're not there to play with your phone and and whatnot. You're there to to enjoy the metals. Um, now you bring it up. How how bad was that? The phone usage with when the bands came on and stuff. You know what? In general, it wasn't that bad. You know, it's um you you had it at the odd moment. You know, certain sort of peak moments from certain bands or when a massive circle pit opened up or there was a wall of death or, or all that kind of thing, then yeah, you'll always get people filming. And in general, that's fine because at festivals, you don't get people standing there for entire sets filming and, and things like that. You just get a bit of a clip and, and you go, it's, it's fine. Got no issue with that. So, you know, so on Thursday nights, if anybody doesn't know Bloodstock, Thursday's like just the evening. They just open the Sophie stage and uh, you just have like a few, a few bands, and then a headliner, but it's quite sort of low key just for those that turn up on the Thursday. So we we got there towards the end of when the violent incident, if I word that right, were playing, who are like a new metal parody band, I think is the the kind of gist, isn't it? Um Yeah, yeah, they they, they are the goldie looking chain of new metal. That's it, that's what you said, wasn't it? That's exactly what yeah. they are. Um fuck, 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 fuck shit, fuck, I think was oh, the, yes, uh, of course. <laughs> that was the big chant. Yeah, the, the big chant of the uh, of the evening. And talking of fuck shit, fuck his wolf. Oh, no, sorry not. guys, there was a there was a wet wedding do thing upstairs. I had to go wet to wedding do. Yeah, well, wedding little party thing. So oh, very one, nice. One of the couples were having a uh, getting married in Scotland next week, so you couldn't decide what Mastodon T-shirt to wear. That's that's. No, what... no. <laughs> oh, damn it! You know what I was going to wear? I was going to wear my Dream Theater T-shirt tonight. Oh, like, I want to stop you there because no, this is. I don't think you really understand the gravity of arriving to this specific episode late, Wolfman. Look, when we put you on trial last year, we were very clear when we sentenced you that you were on probation. You've not met the terms of probation, so we're going to have to bring you back in for yeah. further sentencing. Look, this is not how the system works. We were lenient with you last time. We could have thrown the fucking book at you. 
Yeah. But we did. But this oh, time, yeah. no, it, it, you, you're finished. Yeah. You're done. Oh, I think but you're going to be brought back in. No, this. <laughs> I, think, I think Wolfman's still in festival mode. He doesn't give a fuck. That's the fucking right. He doesn't give a fuck. Oh, zero. Zero fucks given. <laughs> yeah. Right, you now now you're last, here. You now you're last here. Yeah, no, last no, no, sorry, to keep, sorry to keep everyone waiting yeah, in all seriousness. As as you should be. Anyway, now you're here. We've only got as far as Thursday anyway, so you haven't really missed anything. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't wait, Kieran. We just we just Yeah, on. we just cracked on. Fuck oh, it. fair enough. But um, anyway, yes, the violent incident. Um, who, yeah, they were what they were. They, it was quite funny. It was quite entertaining, and it was probably a good way to kind of kick things off. I, I suppose one they had a bit of pyro and some silliness going on and, and whatnot. So it was all good. But straight off, then was Frozen Soul. Um, who myself and Bean we saw in London a few days before the Boston Music Rooms with um, with Wallowing and Celestial Sanctuary. Um, they fucking they do it well, don't they? Frozen Soul, a, yeah. I mean that. To to be honest, on the Thursday night, that was the only band that I I wanted to see. Like, I mean, I, obviously, I wanted to check out all the other stuff, but they were the only ones I've kind of put a tick against. Like, I want to get in and see that. And they 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 delivered again. I mean, the the gig at the the um, Boston Music Room was absolutely phenomenal, absolutely yeah. phenomenal, really good. All three bands actually killed it that night. So that just kind of amped me up for some more. I just wanted to get in there. I just wanted to watch it all again. You know, it's like when you watch a, a film and you just want to rewind it and watch it again, or, you know, you press play on a song again. That's how I was feeling when Frozen Soul came on. So just a treat to see them. It's it's the point you made about like a bitcher in it. They just, they don't do anything spectacular. They just, just fucking lay it down hard, thick, big riffs, heavy, job yeah. done. Yeah. You know, oh, now I will say, I think the sound was still. Tr- they were still feeling out the sound. A little bit, yeah, it was a little bit messy. Didn't think yeah. the sound was great on that first. Uh, th- those first sets on Thursday night, but you know, everyone is settling in. Like we're all yeah. settling in, so that's fine. You know, and you just you, everyone's got a beer open, and it's fucking frozen soul. So you know, I was happy. Yeah, look, a band that I wasn't um, all that enamoured with previously, and then the, the album that dropped this year has sort of changed my sort of opinion of that and you know but yeah they were they were really good yeah well, sadly sadly i i missed them because um unfortunately i i had a bit of a i took a bit of a funny turn um pretty much just before they started um so i have to give a shout out quite early on to the medical staff actually because i actually took myself to the medical tent um yeah i i I think just as just before they came on i i came over as if i thought i was going to faint or i just felt wrong um, probably several days um, catching up with me very on the go in, in beforehand, but the result is I missed I missed all the Frozen Souls set, unfortunately. Um, but I do, yeah. I mean, it, it was nothing serious. I had to I had to just be a bit safe just because of a, an underlying condition, but was not relevant to it. And it was probably just dehydration and energy and a load of water and food sorting me out good. But um, yeah, yeah. I'm exacerbated really by all right. Three and a half hours in the car with Joey T as well. So yeah, it's just it was it was one of those things frustrating me. But I'll, I'll catch him at some point. That's I, that's I, an honour for I, anyone. I, I always find I always find Trigenza is most vitriolic about uh, in flames on his way to a festival. <laughs> <laughs> we'll 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 come back to that one. <laughs> um, but um, but look, next up after that, or next a week or anyway, was the mighty. If you want King Eight Ten, 
12. No. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say from the sublime, from the sublime to the ridiculous. What was it? It was just complete shit. That's what it was. <laughs> Polishing a turd is, that's not even, can come, come close to what, what that was. Like. It was like a really bad Broadway play with no mute, with just, like, well, I think like I think Trigenji was saying it was just literally it took like ten minutes for them to actually do a song. Or yeah, what the fuck was that song. all about? I think that's the thing. It's like we I think we stood and watched them for twenty minutes, and it felt like twenty minutes of, of intro tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yes, they get the award for the tallest fucking drum riser of the weekend, but it was like having a massive cock and not being able to get it up. It was just all, all fucking. <laughs> Just all show. There was there was no context to it whatsoever. They're even worse than Necrogoblicon last year. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, what it sort of reminded me of. It was like the pa- the Poundland version of Marilyn Manson's tour of um, Antichrist Superstar. <laughs> it was like it was this really just badly put together. There was like some random guy on like a uh, like a bit like the wall, you know, like you know, like a, like a dictator at the top. And I was like. Well, with the dancing girls, I'm like, the fuck is this shit? It's, it was just awful. It yeah, did it feel very kind of, it had a very sort of 1998 feel to it, yeah. but not in, a, not in a sort of nostalgic good way. No. It sort of felt like a, you know, a relic. Mm. Yeah, it, it wasn't, Um, it, it wasn't good. So that was kind of a, a cue to fuck off, get beers. And, um, and, and that was it, actually. We didn't really catch any of those, unless... I, I went in. I, so so um, uh, myself and Uncle Mike, um, who's not with us today, but was 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 with us at the festival. We checked out Skinned. Oh, you did, of course. And you did. yeah, and you know, I went in there with with like zero expectations, but actually had a had a good time watching them. Um, now I will say we were well into the Bloodstock beers by this point. <laughs> so kind of you know, entertainment was quite easy. Um, but she put on a good show, so um, I don't, I don't, I really don't know much about them at all. But whether it's a her or a them or or what, I, I, I don't know. But it, you know, the focus was very much on um, female singer who seemed central to it all, and she just had a drummer and a bass player on stage with her. And other than that, it was just her voice, and kind of on the poppier end of um, like metal, you know, very much a. I don't know if I can, like if if this term makes any sense, but I would say a very a, a very Kerrang band. Um, yeah, they're mainly uh, electronic songs about serial killers, aren't they? I, I oh, yeah. no idea. All I know was it was this kind of big, big voice, um, big choruses, big verses. Everything was big, and and considering there was only three people on stage, you know, it was. Look, all I'll say is we were well into the evening and it was loud and there was lots of flashing lights and I was having a good time. So I'll, um, I don't think I'd ever listen to them. They didn't strike me as a sort of band where I'd want to buy one of their records or put them on, but live, they, they were entertaining. Yeah, it was a bit of a curveball, I suppose, because, you know, I suppose they had Sleep Token last year, um, who aren't a metal band in the slightest. And obviously skinned aren't either, but I think probably, we, probably we wandered past the tent. It was quite full. The tent was quite packed. Yeah. Which, you know, it's, it's obviously good to see. And I believe they're a British act as well, which again is is, is all fucking good. But um, but that, that was it for the Thursday, wasn't it? It was from there on, it was just um late night into the evening and into the early hours of the next morning and uh, and the beers. But we'll we'll talk about the after parties a little bit later. Yeah. Um 
So everything kicked off quite early then on Friday, wasn't it? It was kind of like half 10, quarter 11, whatever it was. And you had the Battle of the Witches on the main stage, on the Ronnie James Deer stage, kicking things off. Um, Witch Sorrow, then Witch Hazel. Um, both great bands in their own right. Um, full respect to Witch Sorrow when they came out, when Necro Skull, the front man, goes, let's fucking doom. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. Um, and, and doom they did. Yeah, like proper pentagram type, old school yeah. doom, wasn't it? Fucking great, great yeah, brilliant. Yeah, huge riffs, man. Love them. Proper traditional sort of doom power trio type thing, wasn't it? Just, power just trio. Old, I was going to say exactly you know, those words. Yeah, yeah, very, very cool. I, I, I really enjoyed them. And you know what? One of those bands that on record, I was a bit. Mm, this might be a little bit flat, um, but no, they they definitely delivered. And I think they were Arc Tangent this weekend as well. So. Yeah, doing it around. Was it, was it Rich, Rich Sorrow that's got a librarian that's playing bass? She she looked <laughs> like a librarian, yeah. 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 Heavy metal librarian. Yeah. Mm. And um and Necro Skull, the um the singer, uh, I think writes for Kerrang and, and the Telegraph and stuff like that as well. I think okay, so. right. Awesome. But what I will say, yeah, for a three-piece band, that their sound was big, you know. Mm. They feel yeah. yeah, you know, main stage band, big crowd, you know, big crowd for the for the uh, Friday uh uh, slot and they filled it up they filled it you know you're just watching people headbang uh, and getting into it yeah they were good they were great i think a great way to start the day and um and yeah coming straight after them was witch hazel band that you know we're all really keen on because the album that dropped this year sacrament is is just is just brilliant and the first sort of um the first sort of band with a little bit of an image i suppose you know with the uh the medieval get-ups Almost yeah, the, something else. Almost the look of the weekend for me, but not quite. <laughs> what, do we, what do we, yeah, what do we all think of them? Because I didn't get on with them. You didn't? I think, no, I didn't get on with them at all. It's just something didn't click for me. They were, they were up there and just, the album's all right. I like, heard it in advance, but uh, I just yeah. didn't come across. It was the they too smiley for you. Uh, from the stage for me. It was a bit too smiley. It was a bit too cheesy, a bit too pomp. And, you know, later in the evening, I think that could have worked for me. Uh, and maybe even a smaller stage could have worked for me. But yeah, I don't I, know. I, I, I After think, Witch yeah. Sorrow and the, the massive riffs of that, and I don't know, it, it just didn't fit, didn't sit right for me. I think, I think I did say at the time that maybe their sound is more suited to a, sort of like the Sophie stage, even though their look, I think, you know, in the sun and the daytime sort of fit that perfectly. It was a bit of a bit of odds. Um, but I think it didn't help the first the first song. The, um, I think Ting's guitar wasn't quite fully plugged in, was it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. They, were, they, they did have a few sound gremlins, to be fair, which which probably didn't give them the best chance. But I mean, I mean to be fair, it's good recovery. Yeah, it's, yeah, they, they finished really strongly. They coped with it very well, so... yeah. Yeah, they did. They, I, no, I, I really enjoyed them. I'd like to. I would like to see them at a smaller venue, though. I think that that would be, you know, I yeah, did. I did. I did love the the powder blue like uh, uh, pants with Max. <laughs> yeah, either, it was either. I think yeah, they had brown. They were like riding boots, weren't they? I was like, I mean, they were pulling it yeah. off. I mean, give them the due. I mean, I'd look like an absolute bellend look wearing that. But uh, I well, would love to see you dress like that. Would you? Okay, I'll, yeah, wear, I'll, yeah. I'll do that for next next year's Budstock. <laughs> well, wear that. <laughs> I, I think I think you should dress like that when you support the obsessed in a few weeks. 
Nah, are you all right? <laughs> <laughs> the last thing anything needs is a funny look from Wino. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you might be into it. You never know. Um, yeah, I know at this point you're going to move on to another big band or one of the two bands on the, the bigger stages, but I actually left Witch Hazel because, as I say, didn't get on with it. But I went over to the New Blood stage and I saw Iridium, and they were sort of obviously an up and rising band, but um, a sort of new wave of British heavy metal style, big classic rock, big powerful vocals, sort of thrashy style riffs and guitars that they blew my socks off to be honest that's, in fact that's the first one i've used my little pink star to Ooh. indicate one of the bands of the weekend <laughs> oh a pink and star I didn't, give them out, didn't give them out too many but they got it so um shout out to iridium they were very good yeah from your description i wish i checked them out now but there was yeah, uh, spelling that you, you are know, I I they've got an <laughs> yeah They've got an EP out, and I must check it because uh, I keep forgetting to. But now I'm revisiting my little stage finder, my clash finder. Then uh, I'll drop it in the chat box, Sally. Alrighty. Hold on. Where are you? Oh, yeah. are, you uh, are you suggesting like that brain cells around. have been burnt off, so you can't really remember half the things you did? Mate, I tell you what. <laughs> with last weekend, and then coming back and uh, trying to figure out my job, <laughs> it's a fairly new one for me, and the uh, steep learning curve. My brain is completely fried today. So, um, bear <laughs> with us. Um, where do we go after that? Well, uh, I was um, going to say before, before, um, Witch Hazel, did we not yeah. get out Wolf Bastard? They were just, were they just after or just before they were in there somewhere, weren't they? They, they, were, they, they were between the witches. That's where yeah. I was coming to next. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I really enjoyed Wolf Bastard. Uh, I think <laughs> we walked in just as, as the singer was going, fuck off. Yep. Yes, yeah, I yeah. remember exactly that. Just as we walked in the tent, literally so, passing yeah. the threshold of the tent, and that was that was how we were greeted. Uh, it was but great. Luckily, you didn't take it personally. I, I, you know, thankfully I didn't. But yeah, just dirty northern, punky, thrashy black metal, basically. Black and roll, and, yeah, that's yeah, it. Okay. yeah. Well, I, roll, I will say this, this: I can mark that set as the exact point where my headbanger's neck started to kick in. <laughs> <laughs> Say so, uh, it's a commonly suffered syndrome amongst those of us, you know. It's, uh, but yeah, they were they were surprisingly good, and you know, another, another three piece. It was a it was a it was a good weekend for uh, limited member bands, wasn't it? Three pieces, two pieces, and and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but they were good fun, nice oh, and evil, you know. Our wolf bastard, the kind of fruit of Wolfman's overactive loins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. With an all like touch, he's fathered an entire band. That yeah. is the bio on their page. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it says. Um, Lee, you caught hate on the um, Ronnie James Dio stage, didn't you? I did, and I've got a blue star, which indicates I wasn't too impressed. Oh my god, <laughs> color coded. Oh wait, Lee. <laughs> I was gutted. I I had just listened to Hate like a couple of days before Bloodstock, could, knew nothing about them, and then uh, really enjoyed what I heard, and. Um, Missed them. Yeah, I can't even remember. Yeah, what to be honest, I, I think Bean is is right up your alley, but not quite not quite for me. It's um yeah, it was very heavy. I mean, some good riffs and everything, but yeah, yeah, I'm very fussy with the vocals. <laughs> and um you would love them, Bean. I think from memory that was the first moment of oh, I could do with a bit of a sit down. Mm, may well have wandered back to the campsite. Yeah, Friday, yeah. Friday was a warm day, of course. I mean it was not, not as much what as was, um just out of interest again, like 
trying to get a picture of the uh, the facility. What was there enough seating in the arena? I'm I'm not being facetious. I'm generally interested. Yeah. Well, you sat on the floor, you bastard. I mean, it's, what more <laughs> no, do you I want? Know, but like, but you know, yeah. like, I, I mean, I, I I I think back in 2006 was a good you know example of what I'm talking about, where they had that massive area of the trestle tables. Yeah, they had a beer garden. I mean, you've got the same thing, like, well, a similar kind of thing. You've got a bar and you've got tables and that, and there's there's sort of bits and pieces and tables scattered around the, the arena. But yeah, it's the not, other thing um, I'll say, Padre, is like a lot of the times, kind of, you know, we do we do a few bands and then go back to the tent for some beers or a bit of food or something like that. And the, the campsite is like it's a six or seven minute walk from the, from yeah. the main arena. So you're, you're never far away. You know, you ask about the layout, everything's really compact. So you know the main arena is what it is um it's not huge so you can walk around it pretty easily but if you want to go back to the tent for anything you're just minutes away all right okay that's that's part of the, the certainly for those of us of a uh, you know vintage age it's it's nice to be able to just wander back five minute walk and you sit down for a little bit and catch your breath and, and all that it's it's what i like it's one of the things i like about it it's just so it's like six, easy six to get minutes. Around. It's not too long that you can go back and continuously check in that your stuff hasn't been nicked. Because <laughs> that's all I've seen <laughs> on social media. It's the amount of thieving going on. Like so, like yeah. If you're, if you're looking, if you're if you're someone like me and like you're checking the Bloodstock 2023 Facebook page or whatever or Instagram, and it's just popping up, and <laughs> someone just I've been tracking my phone. Someone's got it. Or like so I've just really? handed someone's phone in. Like it was, it's all it was just all over the, the social. There, there was, there was, yeah, there was a few instances. I think a lot of it was um was out of people's bags down in the pit and things like yeah. that. It was um, I think more during the the later bands in the evening as well, when there's obviously a lot more people around and it's and it's sort of probably easier to slip your hand into a bag and well, which is a shame. It is a shame, but unfortunately, when you get twenty thousand people together, there's always going to be a few cunts. What you was know, the percentage so, of uh, cunts? Overall? Very, very minimal. Very, yeah, very minimal. Yeah. You know, it's 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 one of the in terms of of music festivals, gigs, whatever. It's one of the, it's one of the best in terms of atmosphere and just people getting along and nobody being a dick, nobody starting trouble, nobody nicking from tents. You know, it's it's all as much as it can get out of hand a little bit. It's all good, humoured fun. Oh, this going back to the actually the fate this Facebook page. We had no reception whatsoever. We couldn't get no. on. No. Nothing. Yeah, I know. That was discussed before you came on late. <laughs> I, I mean, if you if you had bothered, if you deigned oh, to grace us with your fucking presence, you would have known about this. Like, what do we need? Like, fucking minutes just for you, just so we can go over them when you, like, you know, swan in with your fucking Mastodon teacher that looks suspiciously over-ironed and dry fucking clean. It's not. I, I, it's just, it's just, oh, on, that point, on that point, I just have to acknowledge. <laughs> I have to acknowledge the the uh, the daily check in with Kieran. What t shirt are you wearing today, Kieran? <laughs> and it, it was, and we did this every day. You know, we get up in the morning. We'd all, you know, we'd be in our tents, getting ourselves presentable. We'd all emerge after a, a, a difficult night's sleep. Um, maybe what t shirt are you wearing today, Kieran? And and the answer. Was always the same. And what was it, Kieran? Mastodon. Hey! And what t shirt are you wearing right now, Kieran? Mastodon. And I'm gutting. Hey! I'm t-shirt. <laughs> In fairness to him, and for obviously we've got video on here, but your listeners won't. They were different Mastodon t shirts every day. <laughs> That's true. That's true. He has the, the biggest collection of Mastodon t shirts this side of Mastodon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Um, anyway, look, let's try and crack on. Anyway, sorry, we'll be we'll be here all fucking right. night. Um, oh, before we stroll on again, Steve. Sorry, I've Hate, um, right. I didn't get on with them, so then I wandered over to the Sophie stage and watched the Enigma Division. That's in my really notes. Good. Nice. Hey, yeah. I do apologise. Um, but yeah, I, to be honest, I'd listened to them before I went. Wasn't overly keen on them recorded. Um, I went and saw them live, and they were really good. Um, progressive metal, you know, but quite recent sort of style. Bit of tech and gent mixed with the prog. Kieran, it'll be up your alley. So oh. do give them a check out. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> Lee, actually, sorry, you you um you mentioned it like a a coloured system, like of what, how you're rating the bands. Can you just go through that? What what that what the colour system it represents? Because because you said blue star, right. like, yeah. So go on. To... Right now, the other thing I was going to say <laughs> is the Bloodstock app is brilliant. Really enjoyed it, and I, I used it all weekend. And you've got a little star next to all the descriptions of the bands. And if you click on it once, it just goes orange. So you could just mark on the Clash Finder what you want to see. But then if you clicked on it again, it went to a different color. So there's about four or five different colors you could use. So for anything I wanted to see, but it hadn't got to that time yet, I had it on orange. And then I changed it between blue if I thought it was crap, <laughs> green if I thought it was good, and then pink if it was outstanding. Oh, and my the great that- thing oh, A week later, it's still working. So I can revisit it now. Well, you got to be just as well because I didn't take notes. <laughs> I will say on that point though that there's a massive improvement with the blood bloodstock app this year to last year. Yeah, it was really good. It, it was, was really you good. know, it, I know they've done some work on it, and it's yeah, it was like really clunky, and it did like I don't know, it didn't have much functionality last year at all. I I didn't really get involved, but it just seemed much slicker now. So long may that continue because it well, just good. just integrating the clash finder, I thought was a really nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so um yeah, you're right. Long way that continued did make life a lot easier. Although as long as Kieran's got his lanyard, if all if yeah. everything fails, we're all good. <laughs> oh, the lanyard, yeah. yeah. It's always a lanyard. Um right, back on the Ronnie James Dio stage then. Um Gate Creeper, probably the first like big draw of the weekend, okay. I would say. You know, there was, there was it was a it was a fairly healthy crowd for them. Yeah, um, but before Gate Creeper, okay. oh no, no, they swapped. Sacred they swapped, swapped, sacred. Yeah, they swapped, swapped, didn't they? You're right. Yeah, yeah. Was they were on early, actually. which may have caught a few people um, out. Um, yeah, like me so just I, now. I hopefully, nobody missed them if they wanted to see them. But you know, um, look, before we we talk about in any great detail, I mean, right from the start, I had an issue with Chase, the singer. There was something about his demeanor that was really fucking winding me up. He just. He just looked like he didn't want to be there. His eyes were rolling. He looked fed up. He was kind of sloping around the stage. And I kind of started to understand then that that was his, clearly his delivery. And and the more I watched them, the more I enjoyed them and the more I kind of got what they were all about. And look, musically, I thought they were fucking great. You know, they got all the entombed riffs you can shake a stick at. They You know, they, they were excellent. But once I'd warmed to him, things got a lot better. Yeah, I was I was I was on board from the start. I just I thought they were great. They sounded huge. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the exciting thing about the Friday is you know the Ronnie James Dio stage fires up and it just sounds massive. And Gatekeeper had the riffs to really showcase that. Yeah, that, I enjoyed them thoroughly. They're really good. Yeah, big sound, big sound. Yeah, and that's I, the thing. When when a death metal band like that feels feels a stage like that that's that's always a good sign 
But I completely get what you were saying, um, Tregenza, about his, um, you know, the kind of rolling of the eyes. But I just think that was him getting a bit kind of in the zone. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I saw him do it a few times and it wasn't like a roll of the eyes. It was just... You know, it was almost like this kind of zombie-like eyes rolling back in the in like into his head. Um, you know, like cannibal corpse thing. <laughs> uh, well, that's kind of, that's that's the way I saw it, and I think that helped because you know it's just getting into character. Yeah, once well, so once I kind that, of got my head around it, it, it made more sense. Well, we had that uh, death metal documentary, didn't we, from our uh, a guest last year? Was it last year or earlier this year? Sometime. Yeah, it, yeah, it was last um, year from uh, Noise Doses Media. Yeah, yeah, and he. Um, you know, he obviously interviewed the same chap, and even during that interview, he was quite, you know, uh, but yeah, it's obviously just the way he is. But look, they they yeah. were fucking good, and and they're they're a band that, you know, if they ever come over again, which I'm sure they will, um, and they're playing smaller venues, you know, four five hundred cap venues, I'll go and see them because I think in a small venue, I think they'll be fucking awesome, just powerful, yeah. you know, big, huge sound, really fucking good. Probably the first oh. kind of sort of yeah. Right, we're here now. It's up and running. We, you know, that kind of feel, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, um, I think before before Sacred Right, there's a couple of bands I saw on the other stages. Glad we had you then, because I was feeling lazy by this point. <laughs> the first one I do need to mention was on the uh, on the small New Blood stage, where I caught caught some of Locust. Yeah, uh, yeah, Locust. I've heard good things about Locust. Yeah, I mean they're, they're a London five piece now. Yeah, they've just released their new album, Infidel. I say new album, their first album, Infidel. Um, they're a bit generic when it comes to 21st century metal. So there's all the standard groove and sort of post-new metal type sounds um, that you would expect. In some ways, it's not too memorable. Uh, maybe it just needs a few more listens. But um, yeah, it's it's there, there's some way to go in terms of songwriting. But one thing I didn't realise is that was their second gig that day. And well, second actually, second gig ever, ever. Oh. second gig ever. They they've obviously been working during COVID and just working on the songs and not bothering live. And yeah, that, they, that they they don't, you have to like, don't you have to do a ton of metal to the masses gigs to win the the place in the new blood stage? That was clearly their first gig. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that's worked or, you know, whether again, they just, someone knows someone or, you know, they just prove their load. But um, yeah, that was their second gig and they've, you know, they've already nailed that aspect down. I mean, they had a wall of death, went well, the crowd, crowd were well up for it. And, you know, they, they can become a fave on the live circuit based on what I saw. So um, they're definitely ones to watch. Absolutely. But um, yeah, just like I say, just any, any more memorable songs, I think for, for us to really pay attention. I recall seeing a post the week before their first gig was at the Dev. Or I, I, thought, I thought it was Boston Tea Rooms or Sound Rooms or whatever. Was it? Oh, I could have that wrong then. Oh, I don't know. It's, 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 beginning, it's, it's beginning to sound like they just tell everyone it's their second ever gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're playing everywhere. <laughs> but no, no, they, they, yeah, they, fair play to them. Um, they, they probably will go far. Um, and the next band I saw um, sort of after Gatekeeper was on the Sophie stage, and that was Zetra. And you got a couple there who basically were just standing on a platform with a keyboard, synth, uh, and and a guitar. And it's basically shoegaze goth. It's you know it's the Cocteau Twins with more makeup and a bit 
bit heavier guitars. It's a bit of a come down. It was a bit of a chill out kind of thing. They do some eighties covers um, on record of you know stuff on the Lost Boys soundtrack. But it is yeah, just just think the Co Cocteau Twins, but with metal guitars, and it's it sounds exactly like that. And yeah, it was quite pleasant. And they had that kind of crowd and people just getting getting out of the sun for it and doing the the swan moves and yeah yeah i think i caught know, them that's... actually i caught them at desert fest um earlier in the year and one thing i'll say about them is they have they they have a serious fan base you you know, see people oh, imagine, yeah. to see them face paint on you know um t-shirts Def definitely a band that people are really into yeah yeah but they've got they've got a thing going on and um you know there was a confidence about them in that regards it's, it's not it's not going to be to everyone's tastes um it didn't have a you know a packed tent but there were certainly you know the recognizable golf types sort of watching them and enjoying themselves so um so yeah yeah i'll probably you know like i said the kind of band i stick on occasionally on record when i sort of want something heavy but not something intimidating into my ears any opportunity for the goth to get out of the sun then basically yeah yeah absolutely um Back in the sun, though, Sacred Fucking Reich, who I thought were great fucking value. They were outstanding. Yeah, They yeah. were absolutely amazing. That's the first time I've seen them as well, but uh, that was that blew me away, that did. Really. I mean, that just was the sound of a band that know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Doing Chemistry, it. wasn't it? Was the, was the word yeah. I think we used at the time, wasn't it? They were just so confident and polished, and just it just worked. Yeah. <laughs> just everyone yeah. was in their place. And Phil, Phil Ryan, the nicest man in thrash metal. Oh, I mean, if anyone can just bring a crowd of what, I don't know, 18,000 people or how many is just, and feel like you're all in his living room, it's that man. <laughs> um, what an absolute fucking legend and a pleasure and a privilege to watch him perform always. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, they, they've got a relatively small back catalogue when you think about it, when you think about mm. how long you know, since they first sort of became and they, they, they kind of work for a 45, 50 minute festival slot, don't they? Because they can just do those bangers and, and they will deliver every single time. You know, the last time I saw them was whacking in 2007 and they were on at 11 o'clock in the morning. And even then they, they just sort of delivered the goods. So yeah, one of the, one of the early highlights of the weekend, definitely. It's cool to watch Dave McLean play drums with them as well. Right. I think, yeah, I, I know. That we'll yeah i mean I, I think i mean well i think I, i've mentioned it a couple of times i think we generally it's in terms of musicianship throughout the whole weekend the drummers were the like the the standout oh yeah whole yeah. weekends yeah but there, sure there, was, there were some monsters over the weekend which you know we'll um we'll we'll, we'll talk again about in a bit so from old school thrash to you know New school thrash in pest control. Fuck me. Yeah. I'll, 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 you know what? I'll, I'll hand it over. Andy, I think I'll hand it over to you because you noticed it the same as, as I did. Yeah. So, so we saw what six months ago about that. Uh, yeah. Um, in Brighton at the uh, at Chalk, which is a fairly small but modest venue. And uh, yeah, they were supporting Creator of Municipal Waste. It's a terrific gig. And, and Pest Control, you know, we've heard the album, we absolutely loved them, going to be future stars. But one thing that I think we that frustrated us with that gig is they were very, there was a, there was a, there was an almost sort of shyness to them. Um, bit of shuffling around on stage, 
you know, not a great deal of energy, you know, that the songs deserve. Um, and, you know, the singer, she, she's, she was, again, almost shy and um, not wanting to sort of really interact. And, you know, it's good. Yeah, you, you know, you've got the songs, you're, you, you can play them live, but there was something, you know, something missing. It's like you've got to work on that stage presence, haven't you? And that was the big thing we took from that show. And as I said, you know, when we saw what Bloodstock after one song, someone has had a fucking word because right from the off, they were all jumping up and down, up and down the stage. She was just going for it, kicking high fives and all, all that. Come on, fucking Bloodstock, we're fucking doing this and all that. And Jesus, you know, I'm so I'm so pleased with them. I really am. Yeah, that's the that feeling band, I got. Just felt really happy band. for them. Yeah. 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 And they were fucking and musically fucking great filled the stage had the crowd in the palm of their hands from day one people were coming in during it thinking yes whatever but yeah they are they are band transformed absolutely and you know they're, they're those 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 gigs they've had in the last six months have done them a world of good and as you say with their support in obituary soon it's only going to get better for them yeah yeah and and well, guitar, they, guitar tone erection as well they just like the mid oh, crunch on those guitars oh. well like, it was the first set of where I think the sound was absolutely pin sharp. Yeah, it was. Sounded savage. And um, I, I just remember us all looking at each other, you know, two or three songs into the set and just going, right, this is this is the benchmark right here. This is taken the first kind of set of the weekend. This yeah. is what everyone's yeah. got to be. Yeah. yeah, they they really were. And 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 to be to be for me, they still are. Um, but you know, we'll we'll get around to that. But yeah. The, so pleased for them. I think they will, like Andy said, they will just go from strength to strength, getting bigger and bigger tours. They're going into Europe as well now. So yeah, just, they've got a new single big. out. Done, they've done a video for it. So yeah. enjoy the yeah. show as we did. Wicked, wicked set. Yeah, really enjoyed them. We quickly shot over to the new Blood stage and caught a band called Square Wild, which <laughs> none of us were familiar with. Um, one thing we noticed as they were setting up was how nervous they looked. Like, yeah. <laughs> like they were absolutely bricking it. Well, the, the singer especially. But when they came on stage, um, and again, going back to the singer, uh, Lucy Shevchuk is her name. Um, it's almost like something like a, a switch just flicked, wasn't it? That it just kind of came to life. All that, all that, all it that was nerves. Absolutely crazy. Oof, it it was absolutely over. crazy. We saw them beforehand, and and yeah, you were mentioning. It and she kept going up to everyone and like showing how scared she was to like the, the people in the crowd. I mean, it was. There was hardly anyone there uh, before they first played, and it was just as if it was just a few mates at the front, and she was telling them how shit scared she was, and none of them looked that confident, but she looked absolutely uh, like she was shitting her pants. But the music started, uh, a switch flipped, uh, and what a show! <laughs> Honestly, they yeah, they were really such good, an amazing show. I mean, it was it's very classic rock mixed with a little bit of prog, but um, she came across as like some kind of Kate Bush, Stevie Nicks character, really such such a great feel. And and she, you know, the songs weren't overly memorable. No, I wasn't, no, you know, no. coming along to them like a few hours later, but at the time that they were playing them, you were absolutely mesmerized. And I mean, there was plenty of other bands I wanted to wander off and see at the time, but I, I couldn't move. I was stock still, I was. Great. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I missed that one. I was I went off to watch Fit for an Autopsy, um, and they were good. You know, I enjoyed them. They were solid. Uh, I I 
I thought they were going to be this year's Lawn Ashore. I don't know why. I just had a feeling that they were going to be very kind of reliant on technology and it was all going to sound a bit flat like we felt they like Lawn Ashore did last year. But fit for an autopsy, it was a powerful set. They were heavy. I enjoyed it. But um, listening to your description of that band, um, I'm disappointed I missed it. Well, at least one of us caught fit for an autopsy because they they were a big draw, I think, looking from from the new blood tent. It looked like there was a fairly big crowd for them. Yeah, I mean it was. It was it was full up and they delivered. It was cool, you know. it was it was uh yeah, I'm glad I'm glad I saw them. Where did we go from there? Uh I briefly caught a band called Moon Reaper, uh back in the new blood stage, only for a few minutes. Um, kind of a mix of black metal, death metal, and a bit of hardcore. Um, kind of interesting. They made me go back and listen to them again. Um, quite like why here. Um, I then went to see Heaven Shall Burn, or me and Wolfman did. Band that I really like Heaven Shall Burn. They're not don't have the biggest following in the UK. Hardly ever play here. I think they they recently did a tour with Trivium. Um, but I really enjoyed them. It was the first sign of Pyros over the weekend as well, which is always Yay! good. Yeah, the, the lighting rig was very impressive. It was yeah, just, it was really elaborate, wasn't it? Very elaborate. You know, and um, yeah, they had big sound and plenty of pyros and, and they played The Weapon They Fear, which is my favourite song. And they, yeah, they sounded great. Yeah, it's, And that's the only song of theirs I actually know. So it was, uh, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, awesome. <laughs> but they were, yeah, because they were very good, yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed them. And they had a decent crowd as well, which is good. So hopefully they'll play it again and I'll, I'll kind of get my way. Yeah. Um, I think while that was going on, myself and Uncle Mike went off to see Fury. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you did, you boys, didn't you? Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, they, they, what I was, I mean, they're very slick, you know, it's kind of a slick rock and roll machine, um, entertaining. There's a lot of, um, kind of synchronized movements and things like that going on. But, you know, it was fine and it was fun. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of bands, bands like that out there on the pub circuit, but they're, they're one of the good ones who who have always getting the bookings. I think I commented they're they're the kind of house band for the biker festivals like Bulldog Bash. Yeah. You know, they've got that sort of thing going on. You know, the the dancing woman, devil woman with um, you know, the chainsaw oh. grinder and the Fire. flame, yeah. flame javelin stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 nothing particularly um, innovative by any means. It, it really is just a yeah, it's just old school, hard rock and roll. Have a couple of beers with your mates and dance and whatnot. Um, but they, they, mm. you know, they look great and they do it very well. So they play yeah. a lot of gigs. Fury, they mm. tour a lot, which that's yeah. probably why they've become this sort of slick machine it's, on stage. Oh, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's they're, a, kind of... they're a live band. That's that's what yeah. they do. They yeah. they just play live. And they they yeah, they'll see. Uh, and of course, it. you have to acknowledge Becky Baldwin straight off the back of the Merciful Fate. You know, yeah. in between. Bloodstock last year and Bloodstock this year, you know, she's joined Merciful Fate, gone off and done a tour with them and come back to Fury. So living the dream. Um, let's stop there and talk about Dooms, Dooms, Dooms. Mm. Dooms were brilliant. <laughs> I was just so gutted. They were in on the Jägermeister stage. They Their sound was so big. Uh, it really deserved a bigger platform. But <clears throat> I mean, for the stage they had, I, the sound I was saw them on, um, brilliant. I saw they were them so on commanding. Facebook. And, um, oh, you saw some shots, like some videos. No videos. Like I actually watched the set. Um, awesome. And the sound was good, but you could barely hear his vocals. And I didn't think the guitar players, 
he was he wasn't high enough up in the mix. Like if you it, watch it, it was all it was all right in the tent. It was fine. Yeah, yeah. no, but like, yeah, I, I I don't doubt it. It was just saying that you know for someone, and I think this is a shame that um, a, a band like that I think deserve more exposure. And if you're like 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 you mean like me that couldn't go, and you want to watch on social media, that platform isn't doing it justice. So, mm. but it's it's tricky. But you know it's it's it was I was very you know it was it was nice to see them there and i was you know quite you know i thought it was i i love i love the i love the guitar and i thought the drumming was really crisp um i like the fact it was quite an intimate i know you're saying it would have been nice if they'd been on a bigger stage but it was also nice to see them in that kind of like they were very close to the crowd the crowd seemed to be really liking it as well i've got to say as well just from like just from a personal perspective it was nice to see a band that were playing there that we've had on and that you know we've helped in some very small way, maybe just get them up, get their name out there a little bit or whatever. So yeah. I will be surprised if we, we love the Jews boys. Did you actually get a chance to speak to them? Yeah, we yeah we bumped into a few times, had a couple of beers, one not got very wet in the rain on Saturday afternoon, but um, that's that's another story. Yeah, um, great great to see June's nail it. It really was. Yeah, they they really did nail it as well. And um and you know I I wouldn't want to be a, a guitar that John plays to be fair because he looks like he's going to kill it every time he touches it. So you know, they, they had a couple of new tracks. I think they played about two or three new songs as well. Yeah, which sounded really good. Uh, yeah, they sounded yeah. very good. Yeah, I also think they they are another band that just benefit from the fact they just tour they tour they gig they gig they gig, yeah. they gig. they've done some high profile tours recently uh, High Desert Queen and um. You know their their socials are full of gig listings, and it's really paying off for them because they are such a crisp, tight live band, and they sound powerful. Yeah, again, another power trio. Yeah, they were. You're loving the power trios. So again, looking at them, just like watching it on the laptop, um, I think sometimes you, some of the things you've said about some of the bands looked a bit uncomfortable, like they were probably nervous. Maybe like kind of like their body language was a bit introverted and that stuff. Like they look very comfortable. Just I, I think not just when they were when you know they, they were doing the vocal lines, but this when they were just playing their instruments, they just looked in the zone, and they looked yeah. very comfortable. Like like you know like it wasn't. They weren't like oh my god this is bloodstock this is a step up, and I think what Beans right they've kind of got they they they're developing that pedigree as a live band, and that can only help them. Um, so you know fair play to them. I mean. Yeah, totally. They deserve they deserve the success that they're getting. One of my favourite sets of the weekend. Really enjoyed them. Mm. Um, on the other hand, though, uh, next up, we're getting into the big boys now. Yeah, the top end of the bill. Um, Friday evening, in flames. Go on, go uh, on. Look, did, it, hardly watch them to be fair, because it just all it all just sounds the same now. I can't really differentiate from one song to the next. The only highlight was. Um, was the the guy in the pirate outfit with the bugle that they dragged out of the crowd to throw himself <laughs> around on stage for a song, which I thought just made that cunt's weekend brilliant. <laughs> and when we we bumped into him, I think the the following night, didn't we? And I said to him, "You've had an interesting weekend." And he was like, "Mate, it was the best thing ever." Now, what so- I will say about the bugle man in his tri cornered hat and his red coat is he was in that outfit all weekend. All weekend, I, I kept yep. seeing him. And he had this little boot bugle that he'd bring out. And I think we met him in one of the after parties and challenged him to actually play the bugle. And fuck me, he pulled it out and he, he gave did. it a blast. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, 
he could carry a tune, so fair play. Did to he him. did he get up on stage after Megadeth finished and play last glass post on the bugle? <laughs> <laughs> but look, for all my um, you know, all my sort of issues with Inflames, I thought that was quite a cool moment. You know, a band of that stature, that level on a on a main stage at a festival. Nah, not really the I'm kind sorry, of thing you I'm would normally like, see. As, as a, so fair as, play as, to as him. A, as a, as, a, as a neutral observer to this, because I wasn't there, but if 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 that's the highlight of the band set, yeah, that says it all, doesn't it? Much. It's that not saying anything. much, is it? You're not yeah. really endearing people to in flames. Yeah, the guy with the bugle they got from the crowd was the best bit. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a fair point. It's a fair point. But... What's the name of the front man for in flames? Anders Frieden. Yeah, he seemed a bit stroppy. He's in, uh, he had a bit of a stick up oh, his they, they fucking, they were stroppy. They were stroppy back in 2001. Oh, we, we only play for ourselves. They fucking don't. Drop the yeah, fucking yeah. attitude. Yeah, was he, he was he more or less stroppy than the front man for Great Gate Creeper? I'd say a little bit more. More more stroppy, yeah. but less charm. Also, okay. Yeah, it was a bit Are like, we... oh, he, he, just, he just put me off. He, I was a bit like, yeah, he, was, he really didn't want to be there. It, I got it, just was a bit like, uh, you know, if there's any consolation to him, I didn't want him there either. So, you know, <laughs> but, yeah, awkward. Um, anyway, on to something a lot more triumphant, I think, is the, is the right word to describe. And that was Kill Switch's headline set on the Friday night. Um, yes. well, yeah, what did you boys think? I I thought they were just absolutely fucking great. Loved it from set from the second they got they started, they came on just, yeah, they, they were just they were incredible. I because I, the thing is I've always seen them with Howard. I've never seen him with Jesse before. Yeah, same. I, know, I, was, I was a little bit like, oh, is he gonna be all right? And then like, I was like, ah, he's he maybe not. He's a he's a different type of singer to Howard. He's to but he's still got his own like stage presence and like vocal like very strong vocal style. And I was like, yeah, I was really impressed with him and just generally the band. And Adam D was funny. But not to a. I think when we've seen him pre, when I've seen him, seen him previously, he could go a little bit too far. He sort of kept he kept the jokes to like a good a a, a good amount with him with his with his corned beef balls, corned beef box. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> amazing. This jug man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I I do remember from the past gigs and years gone by, he would go maybe a little bit too far and just like. You know, just disrupt the set a little bit too much, but he it, it was it was an it was a nice dosage of like Adam D humor throughout mm. the set. I liked him. That was the first time I've ever seen them. I'm not I'm not massively familiar with their back catalog. I really only checked them out, you know, when they were announced for Bloodstock. So it's only really a year of 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 listening, but just dipping in. And I thought they were exactly what you need from a, a festival headliner: huge and an anthemic um songs yeah i mean just the sound of everyone almost drowning out the band singing along which is always good always good you know it made it feel really special yeah Uh, i think my like my only gripe actually to kieran's point was i i I felt that jesse was you know he'd do some quite sincere stage talk and he'd make a point about you know whatever it is he wanted to say and adam would just kind of undermine him with some dick joke Um, (laughs) And I kind of found that a bit of a jarring um, experience, but the music kind of blew all of that away. You know, they really, really, they they played well and they just, they sailed over that, you know, throughout that slot. Yeah. Um, and I know yeah. you've got a pretty strong opinion on this one. Well, no, it's, it's, um, oh, no, again, again, I'll echo everything that we said previously. Uh, they, I thought they were absolutely great. 
um, loved them, nailed it. The crowd, you know, like I said, that was the first proper sing-along of the weekend, wasn't it, throughout? And, and yeah. you know, they can certainly sort of hold their own at that level. But it kind of frustrated me at the same time because I haven't really paid any attention to, to them since um, the end of Heartache. Like I say, my musical tastes have been here, there and everywhere since. And as I said before, um, I kind of stopped kind of paying attention to new bands in the metal scene for quite a few years in, in recent times. Um, but I think that set made me realise why. Because I think, as we know, um, Alive or Just Breathing, which was, what, 2002? Yeah. You know, at the time, it was original and it was fresh and it was it was impactful. But, you know, listening to that stuff now and listening to it again yesterday, the album, it's 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 now that you realise how impactful it was because no one had done that kind of sound at all. I mean, yeah, it sounded a bit fresh then, but it was very original. You know, we're talking the metalcore riffs and these melodic choruses, which are, I mean, they're practically AOR. You can turn turn down some of those choruses and you can place them in a journey song, for Christ's sake. Good I, don't really, I don't think we really appreciated that at the time. Um, and obviously Howard comes in, they do another great album. And after that, I lose interest. And I think one of the main reasons why is, obviously, at the same time those albums are happening, you've got all the post-hardcore slash, you know, pop-punk all mashing up into this new emo stuff. And you're getting stuff like My Chemical Romance and Taking Back Sunday. And... Over those next couple of years, you've got bands kind of mixing these kill switch engage dynamics and these my chemical romance dynamics, and you're getting this kind of, as I've called it previously, MySpace metalcore. And that's what the rest of the decade was like. This kind of turgid, predictable, whingy, breakdown heavy metalcore stuff. Um, and it started with Kill Switch. And I think that's kind of why I stopped listening to them, because I heard so many copyists almost immediately but I kind of lost interest even though my tastes kind of probably got lighter but went down the more electronic route synthesizer route for a bit um and I just you know devoted myself to just certain kinds of metal bands that I loved and it's a shame because you know they're great albums they've probably made some decent stuff since then but it it just that's it made me realize how original they were when they broke um and I, I you know what I, th I think they it's a shame they're not bigger at this point, but that's just how it is, I suppose. Well, they 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 did make it, like I said at the start. It I think it was triumphant, and you know it was a great way to finish as well because they're on the Ronnie James Dio stage and they do this cover of Holy Diver, which they've been playing live for years anyway. Oh and yeah, that, that was a fucking great moment, I think, wasn't it? That was uh, yeah. in, in there, like top three highlights of the festival. Yeah, just hearing Holy Diver on the Ronnie James Dio stage. I'm going to um... immense. The, um, then playing Holy Diver on the Ronnie James Dio stage, like again, just as a as an outside observer of the weekend on social media, like I was seeing pictures of like they had like you know kind of like they had a, and there was an effigy of Lemmy, and there was like was there was some kind of like, was there was there a bar named after Lemmy or something? Yeah, you got yeah you got Lemmy's bar. Yeah, right. Okay, and then you've got the Ronnie James Dio stage, and you've got bands yeah. playing Ronnie James Dio. So, and I think what I I thought I was quite. I thought I was quite touched by that because what, what I was, you know, it's nice to see. Not, it's it's like it's, it's it's like they're they're making they they they're caretaking the heritage of the genre. It's like, it, it, it's like it's you know tipping the cap to like previous legends, um, keeping that alive, 
and also in it, but in a fun and accessible way. So, you know, I thought that was pretty cool. And I'd like to see more of that, to be honest. Um, and I don't know why, I, I think this is the difference though, that from, again, just from uh, an outside perspective, I've been to download, I've only been to one Bloodstock years ago. But blood download is, is, I mean, I know it's commercial, but, you know, thank God for Bloodstock because yeah. it's a proper metal festival. Mm. You know, it's like, it's it's about this, it's just as much about the scene. It's an extension of the scene rather than, well, the download is almost like it's like a fucking Tesco's, you know. They, they still use they still use the tagline by the fans for the fans. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that is that, and is that comes that absolutely about. comes across. You know, yeah, it does. It really does. Um, uh, but we've um, we've rattled on quite a long time about Friday. So yeah, before, yeah, yeah. But before we move on, okay. though, a, a quick shout for Candlemas because the Rolls Royce no. Doom. And where why where Sorry. did you go? Before we went to Candlemas, and even before um, Killswitch, one of my highlights of the weekend in the Jägermeister. Um, ten. The last band on were uh, another power three piece, um, an Aussie thrash band called oh, Hidden yeah, Intent. Yeah. yeah, they were fantastic. If you imagine sort oh. of um, the eighties Anthrax, Attack of the Killer Bees, you know, sort of era where they were playing serious thrash one minute, but then adding it with a bit of punk and a bit of comedy. That's exactly what you got from these guys. Oh, and yeah. So many pits open up in such a tiny little tent as well. It was just hilarious. I can remember. Seriously, like, I will write them in the chat, but you've got to check them guys out. I, I think, yeah, we, we did listen to them a bit, but we didn't get to uh, catch them. But they got some I, funny lyrics, if I recall. I missed them completely, but I just remember like meeting up with you guys in the in the Sophie tent for Candlemas, and you were beaming. Yeah. You know, and there it was just like star, you, my friend. And, and it was like you have you have missed the best set of the weekend. I was like, ah, okay. But they're a, they're they're a pink star band. band. But yeah, we, then we had, like I said, the Rolls Royce of Doom. We had Candlemas. Yeah. Who oh, just no, it was it was a was a great set, but to round the night off with solitude was just I, it was fucking epic. I absolutely loved it. It was yep. just beautiful. Ten out of ten. Yeah. Yeah, great way to finish the day. Um, right, let's fast forward. Saturday. Um Cutlers quickly caught Torture Demon in the Sophie stage. Oh, yeah. They were, f- Jesus, they were good. Yeah, I mean, in terms of stage presence and confidence, fuck me. Yeah. And very yeah. young as well. So yeah. they'll be dangerous in a couple of years' time. Yeah, when they can, um, you know, hone down the songs a little bit sort of come up with something a bit more memorable, I think, yeah, they, they could go a long way because they were very, very confident. Very impressive for such a it's young like, band. It sort of reminded me of um, a triv- like when Trivium first started. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Like real far, but it was like on a thousand, it was like they had real fire in their belly enthusiasm. Like it, was on, it was like on a thousand, like it was, they had a really good energy about them. But yeah, like I said, the songs needed probably a bit more, Bit more to him, but other than that, really, really good. Yeah, but that that that'll come, won't it? Um, look, one of the one of the bands that I think pretty much all of us were looking forward to most over the weekend was Urn. Um, early doors on on the Ronnie James Dio stage, like quarter to twelve. I mean, what band? Mm-hmm. What a fucking band <laughs> they are! I mean, we we'd all we'd all heard the new album before this set anyway, so you know we were lucky with that. Um, so we recognise the newer songs, but fuck me. And they sounded immense as well. For a three-piece, another three-piece. Yeah. Fuck me, how good did they sound? 
They were great, you know, celebratory attitude. The album had come out the day before. Um, so a lot of anticipation, I think, for Earn in for that show. And um and they absolutely knocked it out of the park. You know, yeah, they, they I mean the album is phenomenal and, and their live performance lives up to that. I think that's that's the thing. It's like they've got they're firing on all cylinders. You know, their recorded output is is fucking great and their live output is also fucking great. I think that's kind of all you need to say, isn't it? They were just yeah. fucking great, you know. And wow. as, much, <laughs> as, as much as as much as I adore Serpent and Spirit as an album, the 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 jump from there to the new album and live hearing those songs live is huge. Yeah, you know, the, yeah, huge drives forward. The reason when you listen to the albums, there's a definite jump that you can notice, but when you saw it live. It just seemed to meld into like one big thing, and I don't know. There, there wasn't such um, a juxtaposition between the two, the, the two um, different eras of the different. Yeah, eras. yeah, it all, it all flowed. Yeah, the new album is the new album. The songs melded really well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, feast on sorrow, um, and it's it's just a, it's just a it's a fucking masterpiece, basically. It really is, yeah. and um, and and they delivered it live as well. So. Um, just announced a, a UK tour for December as well, so you, you've got to check them out. That is a really it's good crowd, to. and I think you know half of the crowd, maybe maybe more, hadn't heard them before. Yeah, but everyone went away beaming and and talking good things about them. So, as I say, I think they're going to do fantastically. Another triumphant set. It was, it was interesting. So there was a definite mix of people down the front. There was you know sort of. Fairly standard headbangers, a few punks, and there was some, you know, proper black metal fans really just getting into it, and they've definitely got this sort of cross, cross mm. appeal across all the metal. I, I just yeah, think definitely. that's something that Earn just do brilliantly is they're taking a little slice of every every genre. You know, they're clearly metal fans, and they can they can do that magpie thing where they just take a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and they create something that's completely unique, um, and then they just deliver it with class yeah yeah absolutely incredible one of the highlights of the weekend um quick shout out for the gray a band that you boys all know um they sounded huge yeah we love the stage huge that stage the the sophie stage really suited them yeah i mean the last time we saw them obviously is when we played with them in the dev and they were massive then but give them a big stage and it just worked it was massive. The big wall of sound, wasn't it? They sounded great. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, I think that's one. something. Something the Grey do really well is they're, they're you know they're very focused on sound. Yeah. Um, I think it's a big part of what they do. You know, they just create these. Uh, you know, I mean, um, it's a soundscape almost, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That. exactly that. And kind of Charlie has got this bank of pedals and sounds and tricks and things that he does, and he just like layers it on and it it grows and it grows and it grows so for an audience watching that you just kind of get sucked in um and it, you know it's really dramatic um and at every point you think you're at the peak because where can it go from here and then they bring this next level it's just yeah, wow yeah so yeah. that's it so listen, listening to the gray is just like you're on one massive crescendo it just keeps going yeah. and going and going and expanding and and so you know Again, another another triumphant set. 
I think they picked up quite a few new fans as well, I reckon. But you I know, hope so. Well, yeah, I think so. That, so. Um, from there, we had we had a bit of downtime then, didn't we? We was kind of wandering around. It's like, well, let's go and check out Royal Republic over on the Ronnie James Dio stage. And um, I think it's safe to did. say, surprise of the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just fucking great fun. Look, we, we walk up to the main stage, we're watching it from the side. And the first thing we notice is the, uh, the leather jacket on bare skin and a pearl necklace. Yeah. And that was just Wolfman. <laughs> <laughs> and a Mastodon shirt. Yeah. yeah. Um, just, so, just so clear, an actual pearl necklace. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. An actual pearl necklace, not a figurative pearl necklace. Yeah. Um. So that they described themselves as a Swedish four piece beat combo, I think was the, uh, was the term, wasn't it? But um, look, they were, yeah, like just hard rock, I suppose, poppy hard rock. But fuck me, were they good fun? Yeah, it's not. It's, yeah. it's nice with they our bloodstock sprinkle those sort of bands intermittently throughout the, the weekend because it's like because you, you need it every now and again just to take the edge off. Yeah, just, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Break, break uh, it up. Give someone yeah. to give something to dance to. It's a palate cleanser, you yeah. know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially we're coming coming out of that grey set, you know, which was intense, and then all of a sudden you're just kind of in this jumping around disco fever kind of pop extravaganza. Um, but in amongst all that, yeah, we have to pull out that they did a blinding cover of Battery. Yeah, yeah. For, for about a minute though, unfortunately, sadly, which is annoying. Well, no, I think I think we got a, I think we got a good two three minutes of it. It was about half a song. I think they you know they did a good chunk of it. But um, talk about holding your own. It's just like, yeah, do you know yeah. what? We're doing this, but, you know, we can hit that gear. And they did. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And um, what were the words the uh, the singer used? We are the finger in the bum you didn't know you loved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quote of the weekend. And you caught a bit of employed to serve? I did, yeah. I'm not a band I know too much of. So I thought I'd go to the stage and main stage and see see what they were about and I kind of left not really knowing what they were about. I mean they they were fairly solid um sonically um I suppose slightly sludgy metal core for modern days. Uh crowds seemed to like them. Um certainly weren't unpleasant or horrible to my ears, but I I didn't really come away particularly either blown away or horrified. Mm-hmm. That's so, interesting because I feel like there's a bit of a buzz about employed to serve. It's a name I hear a lot. Yeah, uh, has a certain ring to it, but you know, I mean, it's, it's interesting. A British, it's a British band, you know. Um, they're they do, they, they they're do. doing quite well for themselves as well. They pick yeah. up good tours, they're good festival slots and whatnot. They're very hard working. I mean, obviously, it's, it's the couple that run Church Road Records, so it's. Um, I didn't know so that. Okay, so they're right. they're well, you know, they're they're well known and well liked in the industry, which obviously, you know, obviously helps. But um, but yeah, um, but we had a, a quick double whammy then back over in the Sophie tent. First up was Casket Feeder, who were crossover thrash death metal type thing. Not much to say about them, but they were fucking in your face, brutally heavy, loads of fucking circle pits going on. Just yeah, straight to the point. Loads of riffs. And at this at this point, we had just have to mention the youngest member of the circle pit I think oh. I've ever seen at Bloodstock. Um yeah. and, and, and an image that just just really it, it sums up, you know, part of Bloodstock really perfectly. So I mean, there was a, a couple of young kids, must have been, I'd say, three or four years old. About that, I would say, yeah. More, yeah. more or less. Um on their parents' shoulders, 
I'll have to correct you there. That that wasn't casket feeder. One of them was. One of them was in the pit oh, for casket feeder. Yeah, though they carried oh, through okay. the two through. So the all that 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 period in the Sophie stage, the kids were running around having a great time, like following everyone else, holding their own in the pit, just running along. I mean, the parents were looking after them, so you know everything was safe. But it's it's a fantastic thing to see. Yeah. You know, it's it's a fantastic thing to see the rest of the crowd's response to those kids being there and yeah. just involving them and just making sure they're safe and, you know, keeping their distance, but involving them running around, keeping the momentum going and just letting them and allowing them experience the, the, you know, the feeling of being in the pit. Yeah, it, it was great. It was the little girl that was in the pit was actually pissing herself with laughter as she was running around. It wasn't just a smile. She was absolutely in hysterics. And it was, yeah, it, it was such a great thing to see. But yeah, that that rolled into skin failure as well afterwards, didn't it? Yeah. Who were a great band. Not that was, a, skin failure were a band I just wanted to see on the name alone. Name, yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's um, fair. I'm, I'm so good. Yeah. I, I instantly got a, like a really nice report. Like I, I was what's the best way to put it? I was sort of rooting for them. They 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 were they came across very like and just like a really good like they they do just like they were very they were connected to the crowd. I felt quite a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Well, great quite literally. Where, yeah, well, the the moment where the singer kind of came out into the crowd and just went as far as the the microphone cord would allow him to go. Yeah, and yeah. that image of him just kind of standing there delivering the lines of the song, and you you kind of knew that there was it was working its way to a climax, and then when it did, and he just kind of ran back towards the stage, and the crowd collapsed in on itself. Yeah, these are moments that just make a set memorable. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, it was one of those moments that made you realise that every band we saw, certainly on the lower stages, just went hell-bent for leather, didn't they? On every yeah. single set. You know, yeah. nobody no, phoned it in. Exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. And, and that that was kind of like the, the real sort of high point of that. Um, I'm really glad I missed them. I've been listening to them since, actually, and the album's really good. Yeah, you, you you should have seen him. It was it was quite a moment, I must admit. Um, I'm gutted because he's one of my favourite singers because he used to be in the band Black Peaks from Brian, and they were phenomenal. He was a great frontman. Uh, he really was. He was in, yeah, he is amazing. Liturgy as well, I think. Oh, really? Okay. I think, I think he said liturgy. Oh. I wasn't listening to that intent. No, that was it. I was too busy um, focusing on his Mexican wave of middle fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Back over to the main stage then, caught a little bit of Knock Loose. Um, but during Knock Loose, it absolutely fucked it down with rain, didn't it? Which yeah. Yeah. Didn't, didn't really help. So I only, only caught briefly maybe five, ten minutes of their set and saw them last year in the Electro Ballroom in London and it wasn't really the same on a big stage. I don't think it hit the spot as much as they do in a smaller venue. It just wasn't intense enough for me. So... Like, yeah. Plenty of people enjoyed them by the looks of it. They had a big crowd. Yeah, uh, his voice was quite grating as well. It's his, an acquired taste. Very high pitched. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a bit, yeah. bit like nails on the chalkboard for me. I bit. thought that I didn't. What I didn't stop and watch them, but I walked past them and I, I was like, I was like, what is that? What was that noise? <laughs> Straight after that, though, was the madman himself, Abath uh, or Abath or Abat. Abat or whatever, Abat. whatever you want to call him, um, always good value. Fucking lunatic. That's what I want to call Absolutely him. Absolutely fucking nuts. Yeah. 
it was everything I wanted that set to be. It was yeah. just about big. I mean, forget the songs, which are you know, great songs, really powerful performances, but his on-stage banter, which was this kind of incoherent, drunken rambling, was <laughs> was as entertaining as the songs. I never forget his last comment before he left the stage was something along the lines of. Nah! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's brilliant. He's he's an absolute hero, he really is. I mean, a lot of the songs you can't differentiate from one to the other, especially on a festival stage. But you know, it, it, it was it was a lot of fun. Carrying on the sort of slightly moody, grumpy theme, we had the Triptychon Celtic Frost set then on the main stage after that, which we caught the last sort of twenty minutes, half an hour of, um, and I, I surprisingly enjoyed it more than I thought it would. Yeah, yeah, loved it. Tick tick the box for me. Great songs, great riffs, heavy. Moody, I did, I did see something that apparently he addressed the crowd as download. Uh, <laughs> apparently, at some point, we might have missed that. So I don't know if it's true, but that's what I read. Somewhere. Is that like the time Spinal Tap played Wembley and said, Hello, Wimbledon? <laughs> <laughs> that might just be um Tom G. Warrior's sense of humor, right? From there, we quickly Go went to mention Trollfest. If you must. Oh yeah, the troll fest were brilliant. They, they were came out. There was about seven of them on stage. They all came out dressed as flamingos, playing this weird mix of grindcore and and just jazz metal. It was just hang on, odd. hang on, hang on. Can we just really rewind? Really dressed as flamingos. <laughs> yes, every single one of them. <laughs> and it it was just brilliant. It was just perfect. It's just what you needed at that time of night. It was about eight o'clock. The beers had kicked in. You just wanted a pie. And I'm, they I'm sensing the theme here. About that time of day, the beers <laughs> yeah. have kicked in. I mean, this, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, is why I love Bloodstock, dressed as flamingos. <laughs> um, yeah, don't forget Gutterlax as well, who, who we briefly... <laughs> listen, I, I mean... That? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, their intro music was the Ghostbusters theme tune, which was great. Yeah, I mean that that's that hooked us in. That hooked us in. Ghostbusters theme tune, uh, with the with exactly the desired response, everybody singing along. Um, the band arrived. You could see people filing in wearing um kind of like clo uh cleaning overalls and things like that. They were like bog brushes held aloft. <laughs> so there's kind of you're getting a sense that there's a theme to this band. Um, toilet rolls being thrown, which to be fair, uh, you know, with the state of the the um the campsite you'd be thinking that's like gold dust if a toilet roll you know, <laughs> who's throwing that away but anyway so people are throwing it away and then the band emerge on stage again all dressed in these kind of cleaning overalls and announce themselves as gutalax from the czech republic and then proceed to play the oddest music i've ever heard in my life <laughs> like and i mean so it's grindcore uh, I, I guess like essentially um really good really heavy but can someone explain the vocal style? No, no idea. <laughs> oh, not a clue. I mean, I mean there, has be, there has to be something in his microphone because that's not human, what he does. Yeah, there's there's grindcore <laughs> pig squealing and then there's gutterlax. Yeah, next level. I don't know what it was. I mean, I, I'm kind of simultaneously like disgusted and just completely fascinated by how he's achieving that noise. I've never heard anything like it in my life. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was very strange. Um, the, 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 the stage, the Sophie tent was packed. Yeah, it was right? packed. Yeah, it was, it was difficult to get in there, wasn't it? So they, they obviously have a, you know, a reputation, you know. Mm. I think it tends to, Bloodstock has a real 
those bands, those kind of gore grind bands and really intense bands seem to go down really, really well at Bloodstock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It'd be a bit of that with like Party Cannon and that last year. Wasn't yeah. Just they don't take themselves too seriously. Yeah, yeah. Which obviously fits with the vibe of the festival overall, doesn't it? No yeah, one takes themselves seriously. Yeah, yeah. We quickly caught Nakanaka. Nakanaka, 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 over on the new Blood stage. Kids from Denmark, Death Merle. I thought they were fucking great as well. I mean, the sound was always a bit iffy in that stage, unfortunately, but thought they're very, very promising. Very promising. Bit death, a little bit of entombed in there as well. I think they'll uh, I think they'll do really well. So yep. Then it's my sugar. <laughs> um oh dear. what can I say about my sugar before I hand over to you lot? Look, I'm I'm not a fan of my sugar and I wasn't really looking forward to the set, but it was like I never saw them once at download in 2005, so a long time ago. Um so uh, watch it, see what it's like. Um, and that's an hour and a half of my life I'm never going to get back. It I'm sorry, like I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. They're, they're they're incredible what they do. Great visually, it was great, but uh. yeah, it's it is. They are one of those bands you need to. I I, I think I coined it as like doing your homework. Like you have to really listen to like the most current album, or like you know all the go listen for the discography before you go to like a Michigan gig because otherwise you get completely lost. And I think a lot of the material they played that night was from the, was it Immutable, the new album? Because I didn't recognise hardly any of it. Mm. And, and the worst thing, actually, overall, which was really fucking annoying, was they didn't play Bleed, which is one of the one of their sort of like, you know, best songs, I would say. And this poor guy was that was behind me, just like a bit shell-shocked after the set was done, going, they've got to play the song, haven't they? And I'm like... <laughs> no, they're gone now. They're fucked off. I'm like, he, like, he was actually like generally very, very upset. I mean, from a technical standpoint, as good as that song is, it's nearly seven minutes long. And it's literally like proper like 16th notes, like like physically, it's the most physically demanding song I think they ever play. But you know that that was it was it it, it was it was a hard listen. It was I could, I, I started to weigh in after about four or five. I Sorry. think, the, yeah, I think the, the fact they didn't play their biggest hit single kind of sums up why it didn't work for me in that, like, it was, like, they were great, as in, like, I didn't not enjoy it, and it was a really, it was a strong performance, the light show was great, but they're just not a festival headlining band, and the no. fact they didn't play their crowd pleaser says a lot yeah. in that it was just, you know, a Meshuggah gig is hard work. And it's just this wall of sound. And at that time of the night, really, what I want to hear is just wall-to-wall bangers. I want anthems. I want the, I want to hear the crowd singing along. I want a good time. Nothing against Meshuggah, but as a headliner, didn't work for me. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair point. That was the consensus we all came to, wasn't it? But at least we had Brothers of Metal. There was a remedy. There was, there was the perfect fucking awesome. answer to it. <laughs> Absolutely fucking brilliant. Oh. Um, and in the, the end, hour and 10 minutes... Play. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't play, play your poker. chain breaker, breaker of <laughs> chains and, and all that. But look, in, in the hour and 10 minutes of that set, I went from being a little bit drunk to absolutely fucking paralytic. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 Just, 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 the just, the just to explain... Antidote to yeah. Yeah. yeah, and just to explain it's that, exactly they had one song... 
which I don't, I don't know the title of the song, but essentially it's it's a it's a drinking game in a song. Yeah. So every time they sing the word drink, you know, we a lot of us, you know, we had hip flasks, um, so we were we were drinking, um, and by the end of that song, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> it's all that stole. They they were they were great fun though. I mean, there was like about thirty of them on yeah. stage, and and the whole delivery was was just wicked fun. But again, coming back to Bloodstock and the way they book bands, that slot was just perfect. It, you know, on a Saturday night, everyone's pissed up. It was just great fucking fun. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and the dual vocals and I don't know, the vocal delivery was just perfect. It just the sound in that tent at that time of day for them it was just amazing. Yeah, everything was just crystal clear, and like you say, there were so many of them on stage. But I think I could have picked out any individual instrument, yeah. instrument, and just heard it crystal. It was beautiful. Well, and and you had the song "Power Snake" dedicated to the drummer's enormous penis. So, oh my god, I'd yes. forgotten about that. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, I'd forgotten that. Andrew. It was the deadpan way which he just <laughs> announced that his drummer has a massive penis, and yeah. therefore <laughs> this song is called and "Power Snake." Power yeah. Snake. Uh, that, that was that was a great and then that that night just got messier and messier i think and um sunday morning going into that was the only morning i actually woke up with a proper fucking hangover so i mean beans outrageous behavior at the uh after the disco i mean like hang on hang on hang on hang on there was no outrageous behavior <laughs> i think you'll find it was um insightful which is a, it was the funniest moment of the whole festival for me I think was it Slayer's Reign in Blood or was it Angel of Death? And like I've just seen all these people like started doing the circle pit, and I've just seen Bean pushing everyone about. He's literally just swung past me, going, "Come on!" And I was like, and I was like, I've never seen Bean that drunk. I've just it was just and it, it just turned to absolute carnage. It was amazing. I was just I was, just, I was, I wasn't drunk. I was just possessed by metal. I mean, yeah. got some Slayer in it. Then what? What am I going to do? That was the uh, the Brothers of Metal effect. I think yeah. that's a good way to look at it, but um, that was a great night. To be fair, the Saturday night that 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 circle picture in Slayer was was good fun. Um, so yeah, Hangover Sunday morning. We briefly caught Ooh High on the main stage as we walked into the arena, um, which was Mongolian heavy metal. I suppose is is the way to look at it. A bit like the Who, which people are a bit more familiar with. Mm. Um, I thought they were quite good. The little bit we saw of them, it was. Interesting, bit different. The crowd seemed to really enjoy it as well. I don't, yeah. know, I, I don't know if anybody else really remembers them or not, but I thought I don't think I saw that. I think I pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, they got they got that national identity going on, which you want to see more bands doing. Um, yeah, definitely. So, I think they, I think they were a little bit more traditional heavy metal than the Who are, but with with the, you know the sort of traditional stuff sort of thrown in. But Wolfman, you and I caught all hail the Yeti for about five minutes. Jesus Christ. Um, which wasn't... <laughs> I mean, I, I saw them too, but like from a distance, but I to me, they were just uh, like mixed up. I didn't get it. Uh, I didn't get it, what they were trying to do. I mean, visually, I noticed that there was two two members, that the vocalist and the singer were like in face paint and like looking a little bit like rejects from like mud vein. And these other two... Because it's quite funny because the bass player came out at one point when they were just like sort of getting the sound together and stuff. And he was in double denim, um, bit beard, long hair. And he sort of looked to, to the, it looked like he was looking at the, the guitar player, like, what the fuck, you, who are you? 
Why are you on the stage? It was, it was really strange. And then the drummer, and then I'll hand it over to Jugenza. What was then said halfway through the first song? The the the, the wor- I think the worst lyric I've heard this side of 1998. Um, fee fi fo fum. I smell the blood of everyone. I mean, <laughs> come on. And literally at that point. <laughs> Me and Trigenza literally looked at each other exact, like, and literally just shook our heads and went, no, and just literally just walked away. Just, just got away as quickly as possible. Yeah, not not one for uh, us, the uh, the older gentlemen. So we, but we went to see Tuscar, didn't we, in the Sophie stage? Yeah, that, they were, yeah, they were fucking great. They were really fucking cool. Another two-piece um, album out, I think, last year on Church Road Records. Um, they're all right on, on record, but I thought live they came across really well. Yeah, yeah, they were really good. You know, and obviously a two-piece is always going to be challenging as well, especially on a festival stage, but they, they did it good. They did it good. I like the it's a bit sound garden-y, some of the some of the riffs in there, but I, I, they're hard, quite hard to nail down, the actual sound. Yeah, I missed that. I saw, I think I saw them last year at Arc Tangent, but um missed that set. I think Tribulation was the first band I saw on the Sunday. Yeah, that's that's where we went from there. We caught a bit of Tribulation, didn't we? Who, you know, a band that I haven't managed to get into properly prior to Bloodstock, but um, but I, re- I really, really enjoyed them. Really enjoyed what I heard. I thought they came across really well. Yeah. Yeah. Great band. Sounding good. The first time, I, I've, I've loved the albums, but that's the first time I've seen them live, and I was really pleased with what I saw. I mean, the caliber of bands really has been high for this festival. Yeah, absolutely. Like, really all has. the performances have been really strong, really. Which is why we're over an hour and a half into this episode already, and we, you know, we, we, haven't, we, we <laughs> still haven't finished. Um, but yeah, Tribulation, that, like I said on the day, they just make me think of if the Cult were a death metal band, that's what they would sound like. They've got that sort of post-punk thing going on with mixed in with sort of Scandinavian death metal and it it just it worked really well and I've I've listened to a lot more since and I really enjoy it. I was packing up the tent at the time, so I'm going to have to check that one out because that sounds groovy from the way you say it. Yeah, they, they were very good. Very cool. I think they had a really not a good presence as well, didn't they? The, yeah. the, the look of the stage and everything, it sort of worked really well with the music. It was, yeah, 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 really cool. Um, After that, I'm gutted to have missed Sky Pilot as well. Well, that's it. We went go? over and caught Sky Pilot then, who, you know, you boys know from playing with him in Ireland. Yeah, yeah Sky yeah. Pilot, big riffs, all riff. It was just, you know, good to see the boys up on the Bloodstock stage. So this was in the new Blood um, tent and uh, they sounded fantastic. From there, then we went and caught Cobra the Impaler. All right. Again, the last little quarter of an hour. Who, again, musically, I know nothing about. Um, but I thought they were quite cool live. They were great. Yeah, I, I thought um, I, I'd had a brief listen. I think they were one of the first bands to be announced. So I, uh, earlier in the year, or last year, I'd listened to them. Um, had an idea of what they were about, but I thought they had gave a really strong, uh, dramatic performance. Yeah, I'd say I know nothing about them, but you know, but what I saw, I'll probably check out a bit more. I don't know if they're going to be as interesting on record, maybe, but certainly live, they were, um, they they were decent. Look, from there on, it was pretty much all about the main stage because the, the 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 close of Sunday was really strong. First up, decapitated Polish death metal band. Look, you know, we, we all know what they are. I've never seen them live before. Bean, I know you have in you know a much smaller venue. But the one thing I got from them was they sounded a bit thin. And like I said at the time, I don't know if it's because they're a single guitar band or 
whether the sound was getting a little bit lost or whatever it was, but I could hear some of those riffs coming through, but it just wasn't weighty enough. And it, it I lost interest quite quickly. I mean, I, I, I loved it. I thought they were great. I, I mean, we, I know we had that chat sort of through the set, um, but I hadn't, it hadn't struck me while I was watching them. Um, you know, so for me, they, they were solid, you know, they, that's, that's what I'd say about decapitated. Yeah, I mean, there was actually, I think it was like the second or third track, which was a bit of a, like a moody one. And that the sound actually at that point actually worked very well. I can, I, I can see your point, Dragons, about them, you know, having the full, like, in certain certain parts of the songs, you need that full sort of smack in the face. Yeah, yeah. Guitar. But I mean, he was one of those guys, he's a bit like, you know, like, he felt, you know, like with Pantera in the back in the day and like, that you know, switching having just the the bass going and the drums while the guitar backing up the solo. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it was. I mean, he held. He could. I mean, he's very. They're incredibly capable band overall. Um, but yeah, the, I think that there was a slight lack of punch, but overall, very very good. I did. I tell. I did like about them, the way they dropped the spheres of madness right in the middle of the set. Like it was a pretty big track for them. That kind of staccato riff that comes in and. Um, that dropping it in when they did that was a really powerful moment i thought the thrashier stuff came across better i thought but it was the more sort of traditional death metal stuff it, yeah it, it did get lost a little bit for me but you know I, i've listened to them on record and I, I do quite like what i hear so i won't give up on them completely they just on the day it didn't really um hit the spot what did hit the spot though was right after that and that was ugly kid joe that man did that hit the fucking spot that really hit the spot for me, that yeah. one. I think that's my favourite set for the weekend. Very, very pushed, very, very close by the band that followed them, but wasn't that fun? Excellent. Mm. Yeah. Ugly Kid Joe were excellent. Yeah, they were amazing. And to be honest, that's the first time I've seen them live. I mean, The Grudge as yeah. a band loved them. And, you know, I, I got into them as a kid for that first, you know, few singles or whatever, but I never really took them seriously, never really listened to them much, never really listened to a full album of them. Um, so everyone in the garage is always, you know, whenever they're coming over, they always want to go and see them. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's the first time <laughs> I've seen a full set by them, and it really blew me away that they bought it. And it's got a pink star. Nice. So there you go. It's got a pink star. <laughs> I, I actually what? saw them with the, some of the boys at, um, last year with uh, Supporting Thunder. And one of the things I actually, because that was the first time I saw, saw them, and Whitfield Crane as a front man, I didn't get it. Because he's very, he's, I think you, I had it in my head that, you know, when you first saw the Everything About You video, when you're a kid, he's sort of bounding around, sort of bouncing around like a, like a lunatic. Yeah. His, his movements are very, very slight and very, like, he's very, very, he, it's it very is, Californian. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, is like, 30, it is 30 years later, to be fair. That's a good point. That, yeah. That is actually very, very true. Because he probably can't, he probably like throws back out if he did that. What he used to do, but it was just like I remember my brain sort of going, I I don't know what I was I was expecting, but this time around I was like, oh now I get it. This is you know it's it's yeah in in the sunshine and and everything like that. And you've got you just got great sing along moments. I mean the average age of the the crowd was obviously that bit higher for a band like Ugly Kid Joe, but you know I I just I love the way Whitfield Crane just sat on the monitors at the front. Sat on the speakers at the front and sang "Cats in the Cradle" from there. Mm. Sat down. It just, I thought it just it was turned just it really into, nice a, into a really intimate performance. You know, yeah. I, I, for me, 
Whitfield Crane was was the star of that set, right? He got had so much charisma. But as you said, it, it came from a very um uh you know, it wasn't over the top, you know, he wasn't jumping around and acting the clown or anything like that. You know, he just kind of pretty much stood stock still in the stage and just exuded this charisma, this very Californian charisma, but also has such a fucking fantastic voice. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, his his singing (laughs) voice is just has not diminished. Uh, You know, it's it's, it's got better. It's matured. It's it's better now than it ever was. And he was just absolutely on point. Fantastic. And we had um, we had a guest. Oh my God! Did we have a guest? Did we have a fucking guest in the shape of Andres Kisser to do uh, Ace of Spades? Yeah, which was which I thought was just a, a fucking just a great moment in the set, and they, they again they just they nailed that as well. Yeah, brilliant fun, brilliant brilliant fun. Um, that is my highlight set of the weekend. But what pushed them very very close was Sepultura. Yeah, the band I haven't seen for over twenty years, but. Fuck me, were they good? They were so fucking powerful. It just, just the noise that was coming from that stage was just immense. It, I mean, it's, it's just so tight. Yeah, no, it's it was just well. ridiculously tight. <laughs> there were just... moments between the songs where it just sounded like all the air had just been sucked out of like that that space. You know, when they wanted to be noisy, they sounded fucking noisy. And then they, when they wanted to pull that down to a silence, they just pulled it down to a silence and you felt it in your chest. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, they were. And and let's we, we've got to talk about Eli Casagrande. I mean, being you're the drummer, but all Listen, of them appreciate I mentioned that. When, we did the pre, when we did the pre-Bloodstock session, I mentioned my excitement of seeing Eloy Casagrande and you all poo-pooed me with a <laughs> with a oh, bloody bloody drummers drummer bloody, friend yeah drummer friend and you know I, I hate to say I told you so but fucking hell unreal I mean what a performance that guy is not human and I think I, I said to you on the day I think Eloy is the best drummer in heavy metal at this current time I'd struggle to disagree with that I'm trying to yeah. think of someone who who would be better, but he, he's just. And I think it was the point you made. Not only does he hit those drums so fucking hard, he probably breaks them. He does have that flair. When you pointed that out, it does. It makes total sense. He's got, you know, he's got that lovely kind of Latin swing to what he's doing. Everything, you know, nothing's clinical. It's all got feel. It's all got, you know, pushes. It pulls. It breathes. Um, it's it's musicianship at such an incredible level. Um, it, his his performance really blew me away, and you know that's nothing against the rest of the band because I think like Andreas Kisser, I think is one of the most underrated guitar players in heavy metal as well. I don't think he Great. gets enough credit. I think he's creative. Uh, you know, he, he's he's he, he's a monster player. You know, he's got the fucking chops. But what he plays, I mean, like Wolfman will back me up here. He did that classical piece on the nylon strung guitar, and it was gorgeous. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, there was, I think there was two instruments. There was that one, and then there was the orchestral sort of back piece of the back. The, that yeah. sounded huge. Yeah, yeah. Sounded so that good. And the thing is, I think with Andrew's Kisser as well, like him sort of Chaos AD era, era, he's like his technical facility has gone up a notch, or, or like, well, a notch. I'd say many, many, many notches. Mm. Like, pure, like, from a, sorry, from a, guitar geeky nerdery angle 
he was like stuff he was pulling off. It was just really articulate and stuff like that. He was always a little bit more punk rock, but now he's like he's very very precise and just a, a real monster player now. Do you think that comes from you know obviously Sepultura in the past were a two guitar band, and now they're you know now he's handling all the guitars. Maybe that's where he's he's found that space to branch out a bit. Kind of forced into stepping up, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not that he was not that he was a bad player, you know. But I, I, all everyone in that band blew me away that day. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think if if it wasn't for the nostalgia side of Ugly Kid Joe and just hearing those great songs that I remember from a child from my childhood, I think it would have been Sepultura. That was that was the only difference. Just mm. so fucking powerful. And the, oh, for me, they're my they're my set of the. That's my set of the, yeah. of the festival. Yeah, Sepultura. Yeah, and Andy, same thing. I think. I, one thing, one thing I would like to actually say about Sepultura, and again, it's something that I've just, it, it just provided an observation with me about metal and what it, where it is these days. As I said before, I think the last time I saw Sepultura, certainly at a festival, would have been at the Big Day Out in Milton Keynes, nineteen ninety nine, and I know some of you were there as well. Um, and I've mentioned in the past how it was it was surging a lot early on, and I went under the crowd on a couple of occasions um, before being saved by the same boat twice and ended up crowd surfing. Um, but it was quite, it was quite full on. It was exciting, but it was bloody scary at the same time. And of course, yeah, we've done, we've done washing and there's been surging in the past for a lot of times, but what I noticed straight away with Sepultura this time round for the whole of the set is there was no surging straight away from the off. You got a circle pit and then you got a bigger circle pit and then a smaller one and then a bigger one. And it's just circle pits and running around and flinging each people things at each other and shoes going everywhere, but no surging. And it's kind of made me realise how safety conscious metal bands and metal crowds have actually become in the last 20 years. Because I think what's what, you know, we know about Guns N' Roses in 1988. 90s i mean i think someone someone said a previous guest i can't remember who said you know they were a hole in brixton academy and that was horrifically scary with all the teenage girls just trying to surge to the front and like you say got a surge in the late 90s early 2000s a couple of people died at roskilde in denmark yeah yeah um and you don't see that anymore it really is a case of straight away open up this fucking pit everyone goes nuts and everyone gets picked up if I go on the floor, but there's no surging. I mean, I, I think, yeah. I mean, back in no run when we saw Deftones at Doctor's Arena, Chino stopped, stopped a couple of times during songs because it was just getting bad down there. And he was saying, sorry, we're, we're, getting, we're getting bad. And I don't, I don't know what it was around that time, um, but something's changed at some point and we have a much better culture of moshing and dancing to metal bands than, than we used to. And that set really hammered that home just because I've got that first-hand experience to compare. Yeah, it's a fair point. I and, think they've uh, been they're probably before. the biggest circle pits of the weekend as well. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> well, one of them anyway. I think like Bean said before, I mean, Bloodstock's just got that ultra-friendly vibe. You, you just feel like everyone's looking out for each other. There are a lot of families there, or a lot of kids there, but... Yeah, yeah. You know, even if they weren't, I think everyone's there to have fun. Everyone is there for their shared passion of metal, and, and everyone just wants to look after each other. So I, I get a really sort of safe vibe from that place. It's not like, yeah, as much as I do go to download, I do love download, I love the variety there. 
with such a big place, it's just a lot of poses there. You know, like we were discussing, actually, um, Steve, like you got the same thing from sort of Reading and Leeds, certainly over the last 10 years. It's just got too big. There's just so many people going there as a pose and you you can't trust people. And unfortunately, it does get a bit violent and, and gets out of hand, whereas... Bloodstock, Techfest, Dark Tangent, they're smaller, more dedicated, um, and more <clears throat> focused musically. And because of that, I think you've got people there with a shared passion and, and everyone's looking out for each other because of that. When you get to the point where attendance at a festival is considered higher value than the actual watching of the music, then that's where the yeah. pro- that's where inlays the problem because it's not about I went to Glastonbury and saw it's I went to Glastonbury end of sentence yeah totally and and, and it's the same with Reading and Leeds and it's the same with Download as well so like I went to Download end of sentence therefore what I'm trying to say to you is I'm slightly alternative and a little bit edgy I'm not like mainstream right or I went to Glastonbury therefore like I'm some kind of like you know vegetarian or my Hezbollah equivalent of vegan you know um. Sorry, that's just a generalization. I'm just trying to make a joke. Um, but like when you go to the festivals like you know, back like Vacan, that's an investment. You go there if you're a serious metal fan. You don't go there on a whim because you've got to travel. Bloodstock's a bit out of the way, but you go there because it's not a big festival. It's not, I mean, no disrespect to the headliners, but they're not probably going to headline download ever. No, no, not at all. So, but but they're they're big enough to pull in a crowd for a 30, 40,000 capacity festival. So they're only going to attract the people um, that, you know, are really interested in, in, the, in the music because that's what they're going for. And they're yeah, probably, that's, 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 the, that's the beauty of the festival. Yeah, exactly. And, and you've also got the people are like kind of probably saving up to go. That's their holiday that year. They want to take their kids, which I think is, is really nice to see. And um, I saw some pictures as well over the weekend. Again, of, small children there that's cool and it's nice that it's a safe environment for them and like you know what a nice what a nice way of being introduced to the scene and even if you don't even if you're five or six or seven or eight or ten or eleven and you go and you don't really end up being being into metal you're always going to have that appreciation for what your mom or your dad are into yeah you know maybe maybe i'd have a (laughs) maybe if my if i had been that age and my dad had taken me to some doobie brothers concerts (laughs) i'd be a bit more (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you know what I mean. It's like um, so yeah, I mean it's but I think like downloading Reading, Reading and Leeds especially, I think because it's a bit more. It's got more a white. I think it's got a wider appeal. It's like the St Patrick's Day of festivals. It's only when the amateur drinkers come out. It's only when the amateur festival players go out and they they read online what they should and shouldn't do at a festival. It's like Buzzfeed top things to do at Reading and Leeds that year. And that's, that's festival what fashion. Get. That's another yeah, yeah. one. That's why you're trying to get the people that, oh, I hear that if you go to Reading on the last day, you've got to set fire to a porter cabin. Doesn't matter if anyone's in there. You know, um, <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like that time. Is it, what, what was it? Was it, it was 2003, wasn't it? And me and Steve just looked over and there was someone walking around and they were actually pulling one of those Rage Against the Machine Che Guevara t-shirts out of its packaging. <laughs> it's like they bought it just to wear it. And you're just like, okay whatever that things that um, things have changed at red and the leeds is a completely different festival these days anyway it's got nothing to do with rock and metal or anything anymore so you know that's why we've got download and bloodstock and whatnot so you don't have to go to places like red anymore um <laughs> that's that's the, that's the new marketing slate yeah, yeah because you don't want to go to red in 
yeah, basically. So um, look, we're down to the last three bands of the weekend now, um, and my voice is starting to get really croaky. So at this point, we should have been okay, seeing so. Halloween, who unfortunately pulled out pretty much at the last minute. Yeah, um, I mean, so it was such a last minute pullout that there were people dressed as pumpkins and dressed <laughs> yeah. in kind of Halloween outfits yeah. and things like that. That I can only assume didn't get the memo that Halloween <laughs> were not playing on the Sunday. That was um, I must admit, it's either that or it was like just a show of solidarity. No, I'm still. Yeah, going with I, do you know what? I hope it was that. I hope it was that. It was just um. No, do you know what? I bought this fucking pumpkin costume and I'm, I'm fucking wearing I'm, it. I'm wearing <laughs> yeah. it. I'm, yeah, I've got this yeah. sort of vision. I've got this sort of vision of like a, a someone that didn't know is in like well yeah the big pumpkin outfit and that drops to their knees like Willem Dafoe in Platoon going oh <laughs> why <laughs> but look Ken stepped in KK Priest Kenneth um, Keith to fill the void and no we were all, we were all pretty happy about this I think before the yeah. festival weren't we it was like if you're gonna fill the gap then you know you need something like this but. Like, it was great to hear the Priest classics and some of KK's own stuff did sound good. But I know, Bean, I know you had a couple of gripes about this set. I don't, I like, I don't know if gripes is the right... Well, I suppose gripes is the right word. Look, they Observations, were, like, maybe. Ob- some observations. I, I took some notes. <laughs> so, my, I mean, my thing about KK's Priest, the, the live set aside, just with the albums, I've, I've just had an issue with his, um, you know, using the Priest name... And it's almost uh, when the albums came out, I almost felt like what he was trying to do was create his own version of Judas Priest. It was almost like trying to divert attention from Judas Priest with his own thing. And um, when they were announced, I thought, okay, well, look, at the end of the day, it's KK Downing. I've never seen him. So I've seen Priest a couple of times, but only ever with Richie Faulkner. So to see um, KK Downing live was a bit of a treat for me. So I was up for it. Um. And Tim Ripper Owens, great voice, great front man. Oh, what a set of pipes. What, I mean, what a voice. Um, But my issue is they're playing it very close to Judas Priest. Now, we heard some great Judas Priest songs, no issue with that. But even the presentation, um, like where they stand on stage during certain bits of the song are exactly what Priest would do. The way um, Ripper Owens kind of holds himself you know, behind the guitarists sort of like doing that kind of worshipping the guitarists as they play the solo. That's a move that he's taken from Rob Halford. And I just wanting them, I, I want them to be their own thing. I think if Keith's going to go out, do his own band, have it be his own band, you know, and I just felt those little priestisms were what kept it in the realm of a covers band rather than just him being his yeah. own thing. There was, it, there, it was more we... in the presentation. Actually about with the pre- Leading on for the like with the presentation, there were certain moments though where it was a bit like they they were they were actually bumping into each other. Where <laughs> I, I sort of was chuckling to myself. It was a bit like you know, like you um it was a bit like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when they go into that weird like vortex room and they're all literally got stuck and trying to get re- like there was like a couple of times it was literally like a little bit of a traffic jam happening. Wow. They're well, right. let's not forget they were last-minute booking, so maybe yeah. they quite they hadn't choreographed it. A bit rusty, yeah, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> as well as they wanted to. But I musically, really... I loved it. Musically, yeah. I thought they were on point. Like Ripper, fucking his voice is incredible. Yeah, yeah, can't deny that. Yeah. I mean, it really is. He's got such a set of pipes. 
and they didn't did step in and save the day. So yeah, you know. So yeah. on balance, you know, I'll, I'll give them. I'll, I'll give it to them. You know. I'll yeah, have yeah. But let them have it. I love, I love it. the base, but the base player just looks so happy to be there. Yeah, and he did, really, didn't he? I noticed yeah, that. I really, yeah. I really liked him. I thought he was great. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a it was good fun. It was a good warm up. Um, and some deep cuts as well. They play some deep Judas yeah. Priest cuts, you know, that you're not going to hear Priest play. So you know, we're we're on balance. Great. Um, so we go from Ken to Dave, and well, hold on a minute. Yeah, where did you go? Where did you go wandering off to? We went to Zealandada. Oh, fact, yes, uh, you did, and didn't you? Yeah, for that as well. <clears throat> And um, it, it was a really good set. It, it was an excellent set. They played across the two or three albums they got out now. Um, the crowd absolutely adored it. My only complaint is I could have been at home listening to the album. <laughs> there was there was no deviations <laughs> from anything. They just play so well, and he invites so many different people on to do you know the the chorusy type style of the the slave music that goes in between the the more um, death and black metal side that it just sounded a bit too perfect right. but i mean it had the crowd going uh and the people in the tent were just going wild so um yeah a really good set there. ended up the sunday it just um i don't know i could have just felt a bit more authentic and a bit more live to me fair point first world problem though mm. oh, they just sounded mm. too good yeah <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> So yeah, let's let's talk about Megadave. I mean, they were probably what, they they you know we won't talk about the thirty five pound t shirts. Well, um, I tell you what we should talk about is the fucking nine foot unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> I heard about this. Right. Now, if someone in their fucking wisdom, if you can call it that, decided it would be fun, and for those of you that can't see me, I'm doing inverted commas here. To bring the biggest inflatable unicorn you've ever seen into this headline. See that, that unicorn was just around the corner from where we were camped. Yes, well, so yeah, we saw it, was, it on the website. Yeah. Uh, on the website? Yeah. What am I talking about? The campsite. We saw it on the campsite. We were walking um, past it every time we were going down to yeah. the arena. Or for a so bit. it's huge. I mean, it was massive. I mean, it probably it, it, it was as, as as big as as anyone that was walking past it. So that found its way into the, into the opening moments of this headlining set. So we could see it, like we're standing there and we're waiting for the band to start, and it's the atmosphere's building up. And you they, know. They, yeah, they they wander straight past me and Lee actually, you know, sort of just beforehand, and it's like, oh, oh, right. And then this this um, this unicorn you can see gets hoisted above, right at the front of the of the um, the stage, and then kind of makes its way above the heads of people into the middle of the um, like the middle of the crowd or the middle of the front of the crowd, blocking everybody's view. So this this unicorn is positioned exactly the point where Dave Mustaine is standing when he when he comes out on stage, and I guess it was there for what the first three songs about that I think yeah yeah, yeah. until a chant began of kill that fucking unicorn, <laughs> and then and then there was a beautiful moment where we just saw it get dragged down like you could see the struggle as the unicorn's horn is wobbling like this and it's and it's going and it's going and then eventually it kind of gets sucked into the crowd never to be seen again a big cheer and uh and even Dave Mustaine was like what what did he say it was like oh oh poor little my horse little pony, like, my yeah. little pony's bit the dust yeah on it fucking funny <laughs> And do you want to take a guess at how much that unicorn cost? Do you know? Yeah, because we saw yeah. it on sale at one of the um, 
stations on the M1. It was bought in a service station. Yeah. Oh, so how much does an inflatable, a nine-foot inflatable unicorn Why cost? Why was that an in service station? Was it a welcome break or a, or a moto service station? It was, it was a road chef. Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake, road chef. Then no wonder. How much? How much was it? <laughs> 30 quid. 30 quid? I thought really? you were going to say it was like, that was like nine, like 300 yeah, pounds chef, worth of unicorn. Uh, road chef, 30 quid. That just gets you like one hash brown and a scoop of beans. I mean, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Well, when you put it, it like that, bargain. Hash brown, the scoop of beans, or this nine foot unicorn. Yeah. Nine foot unicorn. Yeah, all the way. <laughs> anyway, look, the only reason I bring it up is because anyone listening to this that might be thinking about bringing a nine foot unicorn to a festival, it's a fucking bad idea and you're going to piss everyone off. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, it might you're be not fun. Make any well, at the but same everyone time, will hate you. At the same services, it wasn't just the unicorn, but right next to it was the dinosaur, and someone bought a fucking dinosaur, didn't they, a few songs later? Yeah, T-Rex oh, came in as well, yeah, yeah. So, you yeah. know. But anyway, I digress. We were talking about Megadeth, so... Well, this is it. We... we... Well, dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, cut yeah. to the chase. <laughs> were they it any was... good? It... Yes, they were. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. was I was at a point where I was really my feet were fucking killing me. I was thinking, I think I'm going to watch about 20 minutes of Megadeth. I've seen it all before. And I'm going to go back and I start packing up some stuff and that, and then watch Biohazard after. But they were engaging enough for me to stay and enjoy the whole set. I thought they were really good. They sounded fucking great yeah. as well. They were brilliant. Um, yeah. and they, 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 they were typical great hit set, open with Hangar 18, <clears throat> closed with Holy Wars, and everything you'd expect in between. Yeah, in my darkest think... hour, peace cells, Devil's Island, um, mechanics, you know, all the usuals. Yeah, there was and nothing. Dave seemed really happy. He did seem oddly yeah, happy. I, 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 I actually found myself weirdly endeared to him for that set. Yeah. I don't know why, but I was like, "All oh, right, okay, all right, Dave." All right. Apart from when he started boasting about breaking all the Bloodstock records, and yeah, um, that was a little bit. Come on, come on, Dave. Well, he is a fucking narcissist at the end of the day, and he. Yeah, no, but do you know what? I think he was chance. on form. I think the band sounded great. It was a good. Set. It was a good mix of um, good mix of tracks. There was nothing it was, there. I... Yeah, it was a festival headline set. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. You know, exactly Big production as well. Huge light show backdrops, yeah. like video screens. There was loads going on. Um, it was cool. Yeah, I, it was... I in fact, my that was my prediction. So I, again, when we met before before we went, I said, "Do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go into that Megadeth set. I'm gonna be cynical. I'm gonna want to hate it, but I know as soon as they drop an absolute." Bonafide ten out of ten hit like Hangar eighteen. I'm gonna be bought. I'm I'm gonna buy into it. And I'm which was the opening fucking song. Which was the opening. So they had me. They had me at the the start. start. (laughs) The thing, the thing that I found interesting looking from afar from social social media was um there's quite a lot of comments from people on certain threads. They were just absolutely fucking rinsing Megadeth, rinsing Metallica. I know Metallica didn't play, but like you know they were like, can you imagine if Metallica had sounded like so-and-so when they first came out and oh fuck that band i don't listen to that band anymore and i'm just like you know what you know i get it but at the same time stop ragging on these fucking bands i know like we go and see them and you know we've seen them a lot but you know like you said being yeah but once they drop those classics they're classics for a fucking reason yeah you know yeah, exactly and like and i know and, it, and it's just and it's another it's another form of elitism isn't it it's like, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm too, I'm too cool for these old bands. But it's like, um, Dave from Black City Records said, 
I said people with grubby shoes standing on the shoulders of giants. <laughs> no, it's... But look, it, it is true what he said, though. It's it's the first day that Bloodstock's ever sold out since it's been an outdoor festival, mm. and Megadeth are the headliners. So they're clearly still a massive draw. Yeah. You know, you, you can't argue with that. So, you know, look, they came, they did their thing. It was very professional. It was very slick, but it sounded great. They did the songs you want to hear. Job done, as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah. yeah. Well done, Dave, and take your thirty-five pound t-shirts with you. <laughs> it it all um it all finished off with Biohazard, then didn't it? Yeah, and uh, I couldn't watch all of them because my feet were done by this point. <laughs> but I'm glad we caught about forty minutes of them, and I thought they were fucking great. I thought they were full of energy, completely different band from the band we saw sort of twenty years ago. I, yeah, fair play to them. I thought they were they were on it. He, well, that, actually, funny enough, I saw an Instagram post. Uh, today, and Billy from Biohazard nearly broke his fucking neck at the um at the gig they did at Islington Academy. Yeah, he was uh, he was dropped by security or something. Wasn't he yeah, coming yeah. back hang on, on stage? Hang on, hang on, hang on. He broke his neck. He's in a neck brace. Yeah, yeah neck brace. He, he broke his neck. Oh, he nearly broke his neck. Ne- nearly broke his neck. He was he was being carried by security and they dropped him and he fell on his neck. That's pro- I'll tell you what that is. That's probably revenge for the because he kept calling out security, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, he did, didn't he? he was, <laughs> so during the set, he was like, money. "These guys here in the I don't know yellow or red make shirts, whatever they were," and he's like, "You got to make them sweat. You got to make them work." So I reckon they've conspired against him. They were going to take him out. Or, or, or the guy whispered, like, added him on his shoulders and went, "You know, I was working bloodstock as well, mate." <laughs> and <they> just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> You're going down. About, they, they they were great value, though, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, about the on the subject of like sore feet, I've actually got plantar fa- fasciitis actually in my foot, in my left foot. You've got what? Plantar what fasciitis. What? I've had that, and it's a fucking oh, killer. Yeah, it's it's pretty much it's like a, it's a muscle thing. It feels like someone's like stuck a knife in your heel. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be playing grudge gigs sat down now. Um, but that oh, was it. Now, can I just say on Biohazard, on the on Biohazard, no, I kind I enjoyed it, but I wanted something a bit more fun. Like I have memories of last Bloodstock and ending the the festival yeah. on the Nightflight Orchestra, and it was such a perfect set to end the festival. Like Biohazard, for all you know, they're great, but they're very aggressive, and I I just thought it ended the festival on a bit of an aggressive note. And I wanted that. I wanted those conga lines, that sense of jubilation and celebration. So it didn't quite hit that spot for me. That's a fair point. It might have helped actually switch it, or maybe switching the Brothers of Metal for Sunday night, like just switching them around. Yeah, that could have worked. I don't know. Biohazard Biohazard after my sugar. Yeah. 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 We're we're going to beat you to death with the smaller sledgehammer. Well, look, that was the band. That was it. We've covered as many as we possibly could. Um, we should have a quick a quick mention because we, we are dragging on here a little bit. Um, a quick mention of the food, which I thought in general was very good. Um, I no no bowel issues afterwards, for want of a better description. But no, no. I, I did. I did. I, oh god! Was, no no details. No it details. Is, I had the vegan chips with jalapenos on the Saturday night. Was, on, what the hell is a vegan chip? It's pretty much <laughs> chips with cheese and jalapenos. It was look. It was a vegan. It was a vegan food truck. Yeah, well, yeah. just say just say chips and vegan cheese. But it came from a vegan. Look, it doesn't matter either way. Karen, no, you know, you learn your lesson. Don't eat vegan food. I was, 
I was bothered <laughs> by that point. It all I remember, it was a vegan truck. It said vegan chips. I ordered them. I ate them. I regret it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. They were <laughs> probably they they were probably cooked in a fucking I don't know avocado oil or some shit like that. Yeah. But other other than um, than Kieran's vegan experience, I think it was um it was generally pretty good. Shout out to the Texas smoker for soaking up my Sunday morning hangover. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, I wanna, what, I was the, uh, what was the prices of the food like? No, it, it's a festival. It ain't cheap. You know, you're, you're going to say 12, anywhere 12 between 15 12 and 15 quid. Yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. Mm, Jesus. Yeah, it is. But um, dumplings. It was For me, yeah. it was the dumplings. Dumplings yeah. and rice. Uh, now, bearing in mind, we went into that festival on a bit of a downer because the, the paella stand was... No paella. No paella, which, yeah. which got us through Bloodstock 2022. Um, but the... Um, dumplings this year absolutely mm. fantastic that would be my top go-to next year i think if they're if they're around absolutely i, did, I mean all, all of the food did me well i mean the dirty fries i had after my my turn that's exactly what i needed meat and chips and cheese and all sorts but the pie the pie mash i had which i, I just after ugly kid joe or just before got there just in time before a huge queue steak and cheese pie mash gravy yes exactly as i like my pie um, and that plate of chicken and spuds and stuffing I had as well, I think, the yeah. day before. Rotisserie that chicken. was decent. Yeah. yeah. Rotisserie, Rotisserie chicken, chicken was a winner, absolutely. Yeah. And Uncle Mike and myself had the Yorkie puddings as well, like the roast dinner served up in a Yorkshire pudding. But that, but the, only, the only thing that wasn't great was the, uh, was the Sunday evening fried chicken, wasn't it, which was a bit, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Look, I saw it. I fully got dragged into that. You know, you see someone walk past with something, big bucket of chicken, lots of chips. Yeah. Looked great from afar, so we got that. And uh, I know chicken was dry, chips were you know, it's like kind of old, you know, old chips are like they're a little bit, yeah, yeah, it wasn't great, it wasn't great. That's it, Sunday run out, but I mean, no, it's a great sign. But you go to the festival and you think, oh, I'm actually looking forward to having some food here as well because it used to be that's it back in the day, it's just like, right, I need to put something in my stomach just to keep me going, and you'll just, yeah, but there's there's none of that. Oh, and bunny chow, we didn't mention the bunny chow. Yeah, they were great too. And now, yeah, now you're stuck for choice. It's like, oh, I want to go there, but no, I want to go there instead. It's, it's, um, yeah, yeah. there is, there is, there is actual choice. Um, quick mention of the after parties, which we didn't frequent as quite as much this year. There was an issue with volume, which did take a little bit of the shine off it because listen, this, this, this is something I think, I, I think if there's one thing Bloodstock need to do a bit of work on, it's the after parties. I don't think they've ever quite. Like so, yeah. As they described it, the elephant in the room. Was, yeah. There's a there's a limit on the volume. Now, when you come out of these fantastic headlining sets, and then you go to these like these kind of after party sets, you know, like um, Brothers of Metal, you kind of want to keep the party going. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. what happens is the volume drops, and there's these kind of weak DJ sets that you know they they just, I mean, put it this way: this year there was just this chanting like turn the volume up, turn the volume yeah. up, turn the volume up. And it it just ends the night on a bit of a damp squib. Yeah. Really. And then you we had the one night where the DJ is apologizing or saying, um, well, I don't know what to play now, because what he's playing clearly isn't hitting with the the audience. You know, everyone's there just kind of standing. And it actually it was Mike that made the point. He was like, look around, no one is dancing. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's space there for a bit of, I don't know, a bit of thought, 
the they, um the the, the, the cheese element of it doesn't quite sit right with me as well because the the cheese seemed to be new metal and that that I uh, I'm not really you, sort need, of... you need you need to drop something off Top Gun like we did yeah, yeah. basically yeah it needs yeah. to be something not obvious but something that everyone thinks yeah I fucking love this want to dance yeah. I that think you know metal fans will enjoy. Yeah, I think someone said it on the night. They took the DJs that were played were were trying to be too clever, and they were kind of playing these pop covers by metal bands. And you just got to go greatest hits. You've yep. just got to, you've got yeah. good timey songs. Everybody's lubed up and ready to go, aren't they? You know, it's yeah. like it was last year. At, at times, we had a few moments yeah. like yeah. we just hit the bangers, and you know, well, it listen, was a whole lot of fun. It's easily overcome because it's back to the tent. You know, we have brews at the tent and a playlist and, you know, you create your own party. And there's, you know, there's enough atmosphere in the campsite that you don't have to stay in the tents or at the after parties. You can just take it, you take your party back to the tent and just do your own thing. But I, just I must think- admit, I, I I do love Valhalla as a, as a camping field. I think it's certainly for those of our age. Yeah. We know we could stay up, you know, you can sit there until the early hours of the morning, listening to music having a chat you're not pissing people off but you're also no one's acting like a dick around you either there's a good a good sort of balance you want to go and act like a lunatic and there was plenty of them you go straight to midgard which was yeah. just carnage all weekend yeah, there but... was something going on on the last night at midgard <laughs> yeah someone we're, died we're, or something we're, well oh now yeah i think that was oh, that i think was it was Saturday. actually Saturday. Saturday. Saturday yeah. Saturday yeah. yeah yeah i think that was part of the main festival um yeah, it's 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 a it's a terribly tragic thing. We don't know the circumstances, and and we probably won't know the circumstances. But from what I gather, it was just someone who fell ill, um, and clearly didn't make it through. And it's it's a horrible thing to hear, and it does sometimes it will breed stories and it will breed people's opinions about these events and things like that. And you just you know, I just I hopefully there was nothing untoward, but that someone's gone to that festival and they haven't gone home, and that sucks. So. You know, it's a terrible thing, but hopefully the time they were there, they had a great time and they went out on a high. I suppose that's the only way you can look at it. You know, don't want to dwell on that. No, no. I don't want to end the episode on negatives, really. Um, One little grumble about the chairs in the arena. I think before we talk about anything else, it was was a bit overkill this year, a bit too many. It was a bit, get to a point where once the sun went down, it started getting dark. You couldn't. You didn't know if you're going to walk into a row of chairs or not. It was, yeah. it was too many this year. <laughs> there was a moment after Megadeth where, you know, because when the set ends, there's a big rush over to the other tent because yeah. Biohazard are going to play. But people aren't, you know, people have sat there for the whole day on their chairs and they've got their bags and they've got their packed lunches and they've got this kind of little area set out. And they're not packing that up, you know, quickly enough. So this crowd this surge of people just run into all these people that can't quite clear the clear themselves up quickly enough and it, it's yeah it's just a bit of a yeah, you I don't think, want to be that I chair think, on the edge of the crowd yeah. there. it's <laughs> like it's a bit of a festival etiquette thing i think it's like be aware that you're t- you know you're taking up space and there's a lot of people that are very excited and they want to move around really quickly and take it all in so and of course you hit it much quicker coming back because obviously it's a much smaller festival when you download so you know, normally you get to the chairs and the people sitting down sort of much further down. But yeah. I don't know, it may be suggestions that they actually sort of try and encourage people or I don't want to say ban, but you they basically left stage left. So if you're you're on the new blood side or the Lemmy's bar side, that's where you go nuts with your chairs there because yeah. it's not the same rush. 
to Sophie because obviously that's that's the side that people are coming in and out of the campsite. That's where the markets are. That's or just have the wherewithal. Just have the wherewithal. Just like oh, the band's the, the set's finishing. Best best pack the chair up. You they, know, they, just... they they don't do they? They just sit there until because they and, and yeah, a lot of them just don't have the energy. Or they're old. They're older types. They they've sat there for the day. They're not bothered about other stages. They just want to watch a bit of metal. So yeah, but look, we need to get it in there. There's obviously people who have chairs in the arena that need to have chairs, and, and yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. that's not the point we're yeah. making. Far from it. But it just it just seemed to grow over the weekend this year, and, and compared to last year, there was an awful lot more. And I know there is a thing on the Bloodstock website that after five p.m. you need to your chairs either need to be removed or you need to be go right to the back of the arena kind of thing. Where because it, it it is a little bit dangerous, you mm. know. It's dark. You got like you said, you got a lot of people trying to shuffle through a few people start falling over those chairs and it could get messy. So it is, I think it is something they need to think about going forward. It wasn't a massive problem, but it, it could be if they're not careful. So we had, I think we had a similar sort of situation at Ramp when we went to see Rambling Man Festival a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. So it was a yeah, bit too many chairs and stuff like that. And it was like... Not enough uh, rambling. Yeah, not enough rambling, yeah. But I think even... <laughs> On the kill switching, when kill switch were um, playing, there was a, I think there was a group of friends next to us, and one of them was in a chair, was sat down in a chair, and it was yeah. like, it, and it was causing a little bit of like people were like, it was causing a bit of friction, and there was like a couple of times where, you know, they, there was nearly well a lot of coarse words being said, I think, and there's like you know. I don't know. I don't even know what my point is now. But but just yeah. But like yeah, reiterate the point. It's just yeah. Just just be smart. Don't be stupid. Just yeah. Have, have a little bit of awareness of what's going on just around move you. Your fucking chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm trying to say. But tactfully. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, the thing is, it's a it's a, there's a lot of movement in that environment. It's a dynamic environment. People are moving around all the time. The yeah. idea of kind of being static in amongst all that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It really doesn't. But look, these. These are very, very small observations about what is just an unbelievable weekend. It, it really is. It's such a great festival. Um, they could do with a couple more toilets next year, perhaps, because there's no doubt the attendance is going to yeah. go up. Um, mm. But other than that, I think well, I think we're all in agreement that we had an absolute banger of a weekend and we all can't wait to get back next year. Yeah, I bought my ticket already. <laughs> Wolfman has, yeah. Bean, you have as well, haven't you? Yeah, our ticket's bought. Good to go. Uncle Mike has bought his and is also taking his kids. And he's taking his kids. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that's uh, expensive, man. Does that mean that we have to be sensible next year? No, absolutely. He's playing not. next year. If, it, if there's if uh, malevolence, um, architects. Um, yeah, we should. Yeah, we'll quit. We will quickly touch on next year. We may as well. <laughs> yeah. The crutch. A mon a moth. Um, the night flight orchestra are back. So I might get, a back. I might yeah. get my joyous oh, yeah. moment. Um, that I wanted this year. Um, so right from the top, you got Architects and Monomath, two of the three headliners. You've got Malevolence, who obviously they'll be they'll be great. Clutch, anybody a fan of Clutch? I think there might be one or two of you oh, in. Oh yes, yes please. Um, the Mighty Corpiclani, awesome. Flogging Molly, Igor, Rotting Christ, Septic Flesh, Nightflight Orchestra, Green Lung, yep. Um, Unleash mm -hmm. the Archers, Infected Rain, who are underrated, really like them, and fucking Hell Ripper. About fucking time yeah. to. Any predictions? Well, for the third headliner? Well, anyone. I'm still holding out for Alice Cooper. I, I would go for Alice Cooper. I think that's a great shout. Um, because, uh, yeah, 
That's a good show. Got a new album coming out next week, so you yeah. know. The Cavalera Boys, I think, will be one of the um one of the big draws yeah. next year. Yeah. They'll do the European festivals. Yeah. Other than that, that sometimes you can't tell. Bloodstock do pull things out of the park sometimes. So yeah, you never know. You never know. But look, we'll all be there. Well, you know, more than likely, we'll all be there. And uh, yeah, look, two and a half hours we've um <laughs> we started talking about Bloodstock and. <laughs> We probably could have doubled that. Wow. To be honest, Did it was you such get a, great a lot weekend. of interest from people at the at the festival about the podcast. Oh, PR Mike, we got to mention him. Oh, oh Mike, yeah. that's the point. We do need <laughs> to mention PR Mike. Yeah, we absolutely do. Um, yeah, doing the Lord's work. Can't thank you enough, Mike, for, for all your efforts. Um, and look, anybody who's um, anybody who, who listens to us for the first time after the festival, anybody that's picked up one of our cards or someone has told you about us, whatever it may be welcome to the podcast um hope you enjoy it shout out to uh to a guy called john wright from the states who was camping next to us um i've already heard from him via instagram great guy they were that whole lot of them they were they were really cool so yeah and to all the other people that we met over the weekend it was um it was a lot of fun and to all the villa fans that i met as well up oh, the villa <laughs> even though while we were there we were getting done by the tune but what was your what, what would have been like the top moment of the, of the weekend where you would have thought to yourself padre needs to see this it was probably the kieran's the wolfman song oh, oh my god i forgot about that <laughs> yeah kieran's a wolfman kieran's, kieran's a, a wolfman kieran's, kieran's a wolfman wolf oh, did that come from not speaking to the guy with the bugle no it was um it was actually the singer from the violent incident Oh, that's it, yeah. It was him we were singing it with. So um <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we were um of course we were very, very drunk. Yeah. But um, but yeah. <laughs> um gentlemen, thank you for your uh two and a half hours this evening. It's um it's been a long one, but hopefully people are still listening. Well, it's a big festival. It is, it's it's a lot to get through, you know. If look, if it was a shit festival, we could do it in half an hour. That's yeah. true, but um, but it's it's not so uh, so yeah. Um, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week, and we will see you at Bloodstock in twenty twenty four. Thank you very much. <laughs>